and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the Defender community. I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And I'm Huck. Huck's back. Huck has returned. Yay. Just when you thought it was safe. <laughs> what was what was the last game that you joined us for? I can't uh, remember. Mages of Australia? Uh, that's Mages right. Australia. Yeah. That's Which is only right. two games ago, I think. Yeah, that's pretty recent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's uh, okay. You make a very convenient guest because, like, we can literally troubleshoot, like, connection problems by just me walking to the other room. Just walk into another room, yeah. If we had Discord, we could do it from the same room. <laughs> Maybe. No, we could. We could, because... Because that's how we do with, uh, with you know, like when we have a third person, we're both in the same room. We can selectively deafen each other. So yeah. You don't get... I'm still not convinced that uh, my mic wouldn't, like, pick up you talking in the room. It doesn't. <laughs> At least a little bit in the background. If you use your headset, it doesn't. Um, we should, you know what we should have done with this group? It just occurred to me that we're doing this wrong. We have to delay the podcast. Because okay. we're forgetting a key component of Doom gameplay. Multiplayer? Oh, multiplayer? That's fine. Death I match. don't care. <laughs> Doom invented Deathmatch. Doom invented a lot of things. Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, which, uh, I don't know, did we say? We didn't say. We're going to be talking about Doom. But yeah. first, first we're going to be talking about uh, what's happened the past few weeks, because I I delayed the uh, the podcast. That's fine. I delayed last it, too, because so I, had, I had obligations, so... Fair enough. Yeah. How y'all been? Been pretty good. It's hot. Good. It's hot here. Yeah. I don't like it. I'm waiting for it to get hot here. That's like my favorite time of year. It is yeah. 92 degrees. That mm. sounds like a lot. It's, that sounds like misery. It's bad. And it's humid here, too. I mean, I guess it's humid in Seattle, but... No. I, no, it's wet. It's never really humid. Yeah. I mean, maybe for a little while, once once or twice a year, that's, I get a really muggy day. But That's about, for Carl, that's about 33 degrees Celsius. Yeah. I, I just I just Googled the conversion. I, just, I could not be bothered. You're on your own, <laughs> Carl. Yeah. I'll make conversions. Um, I, I stop at temperature, because Fahrenheit is better for humans. <laughs> Um, I mean, I'll it's make... Celsius times 1.8 and add 32. Pretty much, yep. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> That's super easy math to do in your head. It's about twice of it. It's about One, twice 1.8 is also almost 2. Yeah, exactly. Then you just knock you just knock 10% off and you're in the right ballpark. Not that crazy. But, uh, yeah. I wonder what, what temperature they use, they use in the Mars facility. Yeah. Oh, they actually use... Temperature. In a dialogue. Oh, the references. I mean, it's Mega Kelvin. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Mega Kelvin. Mega yeah, Kelvin. Thousand, thousands it's like Kelvin. Kelvin. It's like Kelvin, but bigger. Um, the so in in recent our lives news, uh, we just saw the Detective Pikachu movie. Oh man, I've been trying to convince my boyfriend to take me to go see the Detective Pikachu movie. All right, movie so you need to dump him. If you if you need to, like right there, I've been trying to convince my significant other to see Detective Pikachu. There's something wrong with this picture. I know. <laughs> you know. That's all right. It's... We're we're at least uh we're gonna go see probably John Wick three next weekend. I think. 
So that's fine. I'm okay with that. Probably what? John Wick 3. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can wait for DVD on that one. Uh, I do I do recommend the Detective Pikachu movie. I enjoyed the heck out of it. I, I don't recommend it, but I endorse it. <laughs> That's I fair, endorse yeah. the Detective Pikachu movie. You drink sports drinks with Detective Pikachu on them. Absolutely. Um, the it's I, I can't tell. I think it's a good movie. But to be fair, I can't tell whether it's a good movie or whether it's just like all my childhood dreams of Pokemon living in the real world coming true. Yeah, um, I don't but I think, care. I think it's probably also a good movie. Um, I don't think it is. I don't know if it's. I, I doubt very much that it's a particularly good movie, but I do not care. Yeah, it's not a bad movie. It is. It is so much fun just to screw around with Pokemon Basically. for for a it's, couple hours. It's, it's definitely like, a movie that assumes that you know about Pokemon. Like, it's not a movie to watch if you like have never seen Pokemon before, because there's a lot of like assumptions about things that they make that like oh yeah you'll you'll understand what's going on here because you've heard of pokemon you know how pokemon works i mean that's that's a fair assumption to make i think just in the world today yeah would you recommend it to me when i'm a scrub that only played first gen i only played first gen too that's fine most of the most of the more relevant jokes are first gen jokes and like the most important thing is like I don't think this is a spoiler because it was in the trailer, but like Mewtwo is in it. Mm-hmm. So you kind of, it helps if you like know what Mewtwo is and understand the context of Mewtwo. And yeah. that's about it. Yeah. I wonder how much of that context and you get that. has been like lost on, on the we the weens, the, the little babs who, you know, never saw Pokemon the movie 2000 in theaters or anything. That's interesting. <laughs> you mean the first movie? Yeah. yeah. Was yeah. that the first movie? It no, it was called Pokemon the first movie. No, That's Pokemon the, sh- the Pokemon the movie two thousand was actually the second movie. Oh shit, you're right. Um, yeah, Pokemon the Pokemon the first movie was yeah. the first movie, which they called the first movie. Yes, I mean you that's know? fair. There've been, I think there are there are more Pokemon movies than there are like Dragon Ball movies. Right, uh, and, but, and there's a lot but, of those. It's a little pretentious. To, it, no, it's a little. You're tempting fate, calling something the first. Calling particularly, yeah, but not in the case of Pokemon. They're like, yeah, yeah, there are going to be a thousand of these. You know it. Deal. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Definitely. This is the first of many. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a it's a good entertaining movie with like a fun story. Um, it's got like all the like Pokemon jokes and references that you would hope that it would have. Uh, and it's just, I don't know, it's an entertaining time. It's Carl. Heartwarming. You, you don't need to see it in theater. You can wait for Netflix or whatever. It'll but, probably be spoiled all to heck by then. Yeah, but, but that's not I what the, the, the plot I mean, is not what I what I find attractive about. What I find attractive about it is the world they build. You know, because they committed really hard to to making the world to making Pokemon Go real. Also, the animation is really good. It's it it, yeah. it should be Uncanny Valley, but it's not. That's what I'm in it for because those design. Like, actually, this reminds me of um, I, I read an article recently about how the design team actually like asked Game Freak. So you guys, what is Mr. Mime? And they came back with, we don't know. We don't know what Mr. Mime is. Yeah. yeah, he's one of my favorite Pokemon. He uh, Mr. Mime's he's good. He's one of my original team. Yeah. The uh, uh, oh, sorry. uh no, I forgot what I was gonna say. The it's the the 
they do a real good job on Pikachu's face, which is good because Pikachu's face is in like a lot of shots. Yeah. I would hope so. Uh, oh, I do remember what I was going to say. They also got um, the main, like, realistic Pokemon character designer in the movie uh, is RJ Palmer. Yeah, who, the fan art guy. Yeah, who is, like, well-known for being, like, the realistic Pokemon fan artist guy. That's a successful movie. The movie. Yeah, 100%. Although, although, what they asked him, what I'm assuming they asked him to do was not what he normally does. What they wanted to do was take the actual original Pokemon designs and make them plausible, and they do a good job of that. And I think there's a couple of things that they do to make them – I think much of the environments that surround the Pokemon are also digitally modified and enhanced to kind of unify the aesthetic. Yeah, probably. So they look better in the world because it's not – it, sure it is high-quality animation. True, but... It's not high-quality – they're not really high detail. It depends. I would say, like, you know, that close-up on that Charizard face, you get some real, like, skin texture. (laughs) But I noticed there were a few places where the mesh is, like, I'm like, you could have worked that hair texture on the Mankeys a little little better. Uh, There were no no Mankeys. You're probably thinking of the Apoms. The Apoms, you're right. Which is a different monkey Pokemon. (laughs) Thank you very much. I don't even remember most of Gen 1. I mean, there's a whole, like, primate house department in the zoo's worth of monkey Pokemon. Like, really, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter. It would need step. to be a hell of a zoo, honestly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I just want to know I, how I many the... people that worked with, ra- with the rendering fur. Yeah, probably a lot. Yeah, yeah the uh, there were a lot of... Um, a lot of the CG uh, credits seem to have been Indian names, so I assume that a lot of the CG work was actually done in India rather than Korea, which is like a little bit unusual for animation stuff these days. But that's it's cool for animation, yeah, but not for CG. Yeah, yeah I it's... I remember uh, when I finished Red Dead Two, I tried to see how long I could sit through the end credits without just just to see how long I could make it through the end credits. <laughs> I made it through six songs, and by that point in the credits, it was all Indian names. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, RDR two is yeah. I'm not even going to start on that one. We'll, <laughs> we'll never get to talking about Doom. Yeah. Um. I yeah. So I think that the CG is not it's not as high quality as you might get from like, um, Pixar, but that's good. That's a good thing because they needed it. Like pretty much every take has a Pokemon in it. Yeah. And in the interest of getting the film made, they've <laughs> made some. They've made some uh, they're not really sacrifices. They've just made some decisions about where to spend their money. Pikachu is higher. His rendering, the work they did on him, is clearly higher than like put him next to one of the Bulbasaurs. Uh, and I bet they, I bet the Bulbasaurs have a third his poly count. But that's that's yeah, okay. Yeah. Like that's a good thing. That means that they've delineated good priority, which is I think a mistake. That I mean, I think that that, that misrepresents it a little bit. Oh, I'm getting a little echo audio feedback uh, of my own voice. Um, yeah, that'll be me picking you up. Um, do we need to get you some headphones? Yeah, I can put some. I can put some buds in. Troubleshooting on the podcast. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think it's it's incorrect to create the impression that like any any of the Pokemon are like low poly in the sense of like you can see their individual polygons. <laughs> like you would yeah, think of yeah, yeah, no, I mean they're still like it's still. I'm talking about a difference between like nine million polygons and two million polygons. Yeah, uh, this isn't I, this isn't like uh, Final Fantasy uh, King's Glaive 
level CG, probably. Yeah, no, these people know what they're doing. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's not, um, it's not like, hmm. It's not the highest quality CG, I think, like Huck said, but it's, it's definitely serviceable for what it needs to be. And they made, it's the things that they do with it are good and are well designed. Like, they don't try and push it into places where it would look like obviously bad. Yeah, it's a nice smooth. And I, I will I will say that for the thing where it matters, like with Pikachu, it is the highest quality. Like he'll go he'll go one for one with Pixar any day of the week. But the surrounding world shows that they have they don't try to bring that to bear on every single Pokemon it and that's that's good. I think that it would be a mistake to do that. The film would A never get made and be so expensive that you know that we we, we might never get the sequel. And man, I want the sequel. Did they, they, did they really, sequel Bayonet Ending? They did not. They no, actually did not. not leave a lot of room for a sequel. But it would be pretty easy to like set a different story in that world with like yeah. different characters. I mean, and it also, the game like, kind of did that. Like left it pretty open at the end. Yes, that's um, uh, one of my friends was complaining about that heartily. He's like, the movie is so much better than the game because the game ends on a stupid cliffhanger and the movie resolves all of it. I mean, I don't care. I don't care if if the game ended on a stupid cliffhanger, even though it is a game that was literally made for children. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I it is a baby it, game for babies. I bought it the day it came out because I had been waiting two years for it to come out ever since it released in Japan. With, yeah. with no plans of localization yeah. at the time, so I, yeah. yeah, I'd be cool with more more low stress Detective Pikachu games. Yeah, I, I think that um, I, the other thing is I, I suspect that there is a very robust um, Pokemon World Generation CG pipeline now in place, so they probably can make more of these movies. Yeah. Uh, and I, I would like to do that because I love that world. It's just so much. It's yeah. it's so fun to be there. I mean, they know it'll make them a shit ton of money to do more of these. I think yeah, Detective Pikachu did very well. It's just like how Disney keeps cranking out their CG re- remakes of their classics. The live action oh, slash the live action air, ones. Yeah. Yeah. air quotes, heavily air quoted live action. None of that. Yeah. Is, none of that is live action. It's like a green screen. Just Probably the close-ups. The whole time. Well, I was going to say, it depends on the, the movie in question. For Lion King, that's definitely true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, no, yeah, we but did even see... with even with Aladdin, they, they just deep-faked Will Smith's face onto the genie. It's, yeah. It, it looks... I don't like it. It looks bad. I yeah. I think that I think that's a co- kind of a cool choice to be honest. I mean, it's like cool, I want to give him a chance as the genie, you well, know. Yeah, but I think that's fine. But like the using the deep fake tech for that, I don't think it's quite there yet. What is that technique? I've heard that term. It's basically where you you can overlay someone's face onto other footage so that it just looks like they're like the big thing that has been done with it is putting like famous uh, actresses into porn. Yes, obviously. Uh, but then you can also do it with, like, people's voices. Uh, and mostly it's, like, face and voice. So they so, do, like, they paint his face with, like, mocap, with, like, a mocap paint. Uh, and I then think. have him act. And then they impose that on the, in the digital, in the digital rebuild. Maybe, I think it's, I think it's actually based on images where they, whoever, like, whatever they have for the model they actually like they they 
make the like uh, the rig out of photos. At least this is my not like understanding of how yeah. things are done just by people, like not giant movie studios. So they build it basically out of a composite of photos. I'm sure okay. the process is probably different for like a big studio with uh, limitless money to throw at this shit, but yeah, which is why it looks a little weird a lot of the time. Yeah, I think that um, I, I, Kyla makes a made she she told me the other night the uh, I'm not gonna get into them now, but the reasons why they're making these live actions. Um, and I guess those are valid, but I have another, I'm increasingly, I have another theory. I believe there are components of Disney that are clawing to, and struggling and thrashing to try to convince the world that they're still relevant. Yeah. You know, and that's, I that, mean, that stings. I don't like, that's not something finished, I want. They just finished the entire like giant MCU thing. Nobody's that's going, point. nobody's going, Oh, no, you haven't heard of Disney. Like, but that's my point. That's the part of Disney that is relevant. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? The actual classic I, studio has been. But I, think I mean, most of those but those people been, don't work at Disney anymore. Well, some of them must. I just I figure it's it's kind of like when they realized that they were nothing without Pixar. You know, it's they made attempts like with Chicken Little to try to prove that they were relevant without this other property and studio. But I, and I I don't know. Maybe that's what they're doing now. We'll see, I guess. I, I miss their cell work because, like, Aladdin is classic for a reason. Yeah. Aladdin is a shit movie. Ow! Oh, Carl with the brutal... <laughs> Shots fired! Shots fired! <laughs> right in the vest, I, I really, I really don't like Aladdin. No? Is it because of Robin Williams? Do you just not like the, like, improv comedy genie hey. stuff? Well, kind of, yeah. But also, I think it's just a bit boring. Hmm. Uh, I think the problem is you have to watch it when you're you have to watch it with your friends when you're about twelve years old to to really yeah. get the to really get the crank turning. Um, yeah, but you can say that about any movie because any movie is good. Mm, no, if I'd watched The Ring when I was was twelve years old with my friends, <laughs> I, I don't I, think I would have survived the complete experience. There'd be like seizures and heart attacks and shit. I, I just remember being, like, fully invested in the Aladdin Extended Universe. There were two direct-to-VHS sequels and then the TV oh. series. The TV series was quite good. Everyone, yeah, everyone is, gives gives the TV series a, a lot of yeah. credit for being non-terrible. It was pretty good. And the, the direct-to-VHS sequels were animated by the team that did the TV series. Yeah, yes. Disney Tune. Yeah. Yeah. The game was good. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, which, which version, Carl? Oh, I play the SNES. So did I. Yeah, it's a gameable. It's one of those movies that has a lot of verbs. You could you could actually make a pretty good game out of if movie games weren't always terrible or nearly always terrible. No, that, no, the studio did a uh, the studio that they contracted out to did a good job with the Aladdin game. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking it was quite fun. Yeah, it's, it's, apparently. I, I think both really of them got really good reviews. Mm-hmm. Was that? Yeah. I, you know, I know I played an Aladdin game, but I'm pretty sure I, like, rented it because I don't – I only remember, like, the very beginning. So I think I probably, like, rented it and played a few levels and then had to give it back. Mm-hmm. I just remember, like, not being very good at it. I think I was a little better at it than, like, the Lion King game, which was unfair. The Lion King uh, game is hard. It's so hard. Holy shit. Got that one level. Though with the monkeys, yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. 
they uh they they talked about that on the in the speed run um of it where they're like if you were playing this casually as a kid uh you probably had no way of knowing that um like the goal is to get all the like to get to all the pink monkeys mm-hmm. <clears throat> are you unwrapping something babe sorry yes <laughs> it's very crackly i'm sorry it's uh, the problem is that i'm so used to using to being um audibly discreet um because of uh because i use my boom mic and now of course i'm on the laptop and you got you got the whole room yeah you got the dishwasher you got me trying to smother this orphan here um you know you get the you just get the whole background and i apologize but that doesn't mean i'm gonna stop that's fair that's valid Um, i can live with that there's one other thing that's happened in the last week that i i feel the need to mention and this has happened factorio has happened to me um, yes. And this will be the subject of a future podcast. Um, I mean, it's a long game. How far I, I hesitate to ask this. How far into it have you gotten? Because this is the this is early access. Oh, is yeah. it, is it still uh, early I access? Played, it's still early access because oh. the creator said he wanted to. I mean, it could be released at any point. Yeah. It could have been released two years ago. But yeah, he wanted to. He had like. When he kickstarted it, it was stuff that was supposed to be in it. Mm. Yeah. So it's it's um I don't know if it's fun. I'm gonna say it's not necessarily fun in the same way that a heroin addict says that heroin isn't really fun. But um it is it is compelling. You you guys don't know it. I'm not I don't have the client running, but even though I don't have the client running, I am playing it right now. <laughs> I play that game in my sleep. You know, I'm serious. This morning I woke up with a new grid array to, to try out. It was it was a train wreck. It didn't work. But um, uh, but yeah, I'm like I'm I'm thinking about thinking about we, ways to. We will probably play this for the podcast at some point. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, we should all play together on one one big server. <laughs> we could do that. It's, it's great. It's great that that that's a functionality that doesn't need to be in the game, but it's amazing that it is. And it's implemented in the best way it's like just exactly mm-hmm. how i want to well it's set up. it's very minecrafty mm-hmm. it's kind of laggy the server yeah the, uh, the multiplayer yeah well, not for us we're on the land i was gonna say not <laughs> yeah. for us but we are literally on the same network so to be fair i haven't tested that code in like a year yeah well it might just be that uh like you need like I, this is that's an entity that could use a lot of client prediction and some determinism but a single developer doesn't have the resources to develop that. That's like weird theoretical math stuff you have to do with the client. But yeah, no, that's a it's a hard game to describe. But uh, maybe we won't do that now anyway because I'm as I say I'm sure we'll play it at some point for the podcast. It's mm-hmm. a it's a it's just a fun time sink. I just wanted to mention that it's happened to me. <laughs> We saw another movie recently, but I can't offhand. Oh yeah, we saw Avengers Endgame. But yeah, Endgame. Yeah. Whatever. You and me and the rest of the universe. Yeah. No. Um, and that is my attitude. You just, if you haven't seen it, do it. I re- I actually recommend Detective Pikachu more than I recommend uh, Avengers Endgame. You know, I think I have more fun with Detective Pikachu. Uh, but <laughs> Avengers Endgame is important for cultural literacy reasons. It's one of those really things. Is. Even if you don't like Star Wars, you should still watch it to know what the big de- what the deal is. 
Yeah. I, I, I suspect if you haven't seen uh, Avengers Endgame, eventually you will just more or less pick it up by osmosis mm-hmm. from just the atmosphere. It'll I be mean, like Game of Thrones. Yeah, exa- I was just going to say Game of Thrones. It's exactly like that. <laughs> yeah. Which is almost... And over. I don't watch Game of Thrones. And no. I'm happy that I don't watch Game of Thrones because everyone is so upset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem like people are having a good time. I mean, I'm only watching Game of Thrones because I've read the books. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wait and for the I, books I, to finish. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, you're going to be waiting a while. <laughs> no, that's that's the point. That's why I'm never... That's my answer for why I'm never going to read it. Ah, uh, yeah. See, because I'll never finish. It's okay. I, like, I've tried repeatedly to, to get through the first one, and I'm like... Uh, it doesn't... Like, I've gotten about halfway through three times. It does not put the hook in me. It is not a compelling... The book, yeah. Yeah, and I doubt very much that the HBO series will. So, once it's finished, I'll, I'll give it, I'll take a look, give it, I'll give it a couple of episodes, but I'm not anticipating getting blown away by it like the rest of the world seems to have been. I mean, I watched, I think, I, I watched like the first season and after that I was like, yep, that's Game of Thrones. Cool. Yep. I, I don't desire to watch the next season. So. I don't, I don't feel bitter about it. Like, I don't want it to not exist. But I'm just not enthused. It's not. It, it's weird because you know, ten years ago it would have been my jam. Ten years yeah. ago, no, longer than that. Fifteen years ago it would have been just just the perfect thing for me, you know. But no, I uh, I'm more interested in I don't know the next season of Carmen San Diego on Netflix. That is a good show. Well, if you haven't seen Carmen San Diego on Netflix, <laughs> the animation is quite good. It's like yeah. it's a kids show, but it's uh it's well done. Mm-hmm. Good children's television. So Doom? Doom. Doom! Uh, Tell Doom. us about Doom, Kelso. Yeah, do, do I really need to? Doom, it's... Uh, you do. It, Bethesda, 2016 reboot-ish thing. Uh, you shoot demons. Okay, a couple things. It's published by Bethesda. It was not developed by them. Yeah. Um, I said it, it's, right? I, I, did yes, you? it. Maybe, oh, yeah, it's okay, it. I'm sorry. I, I might have said it fast. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it. It's one syllable, and it's never capitalized even. Yeah. So <laughs> it makes sense. So th- when I saw that credit, because I thought it was I thought it was actually developed by Bethesda. Uh, when I saw that credit, I was confused because I thought it didn't make games anymore. In fact, I don't. I think the last game that I can attribute clearly to it is uh, Doom Three, uh, or possibly the, Quake Four, whichever one. Whichever. Sorry. Go ahead. Isn't Rage made by it? Oh, yes, right, yeah. I forgot, and I shouldn't forget about Rage, because instead of playing Rage 2, we got two copies of Factorio, which I, a decision I stand behind. <laughs> I would agree with that, I think. Yeah, that, that was, seems like the right decision, oh. yeah. I'm going to wait, I do want to play Rage, because it does look like my my negative jam. Uh, it's basically the second Doom. one, right? Yes, Rage 2. Uh, I, I already own Rage 1, um, but I'm going to wait for it to be on sale, which I think it's going to be pretty quick. Uh, but the, I think it also developed Doom 4 and then scrapped that hmm. during that time. Oh, yeah, something. I didn't know that. but um, Yeah, I remember reading about that. Uh, I think yeah, people it call it we, Call of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that... Um, yeah, they were working on Doom 4 and then scrapped it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what the wiki says, yeah. 
So yeah, remake of a remake of a classic shooter from 1993, and by classic we mean the original first-person shooter, such that for a while all shooters thereafter were referred to as Doom clones, okay. because the genre had not existed yet. Well, uh, to, to, not to be pedantic. Okay, no, to be pedantic, because why am I here? <laughs> All right. It actually isn't the original, but it's the one that most people played first. It's, um, it's the one yeah. that defined the genre. It, exactly. The it, of, it, again, in the sense nothing of is original. <laughs> well, no, Wolfenstein is. Wolfenstein actually is the first first-person shooter. It is the original. Return, uh, the original Wolfenstein. But it wasn't distributed all that broadly. Uh, most people that I know, including myself, who played Wolfenstein, did it after playing Doom, and they went, they heard, oh, they made this other game first, and we went back and played Wolfenstein. Um, but that was the, that was the first FPS, and that was John Carmack's big breakthrough, where he figured out that if you don't render the ceiling and the floor, you get, you know, you double your your Better rendering space. Yeah. The other thing that the other breakthrough that he made for for any nerds who happen to care that I can't I can't not mention this is that he figured out clipping. He figured out that if you if you have um, images not in frame and have heuristics to determine which images are not actually visible in frame, you don't have to render them and you can drop them from the draw buffer. Uh, oh, and without yes. w- without that, modern 3D environment video games would not be tractable still. It's it's awesome. like when, uh, what was it, Horizon Zero Dawn came out and people all of a sudden learned about culling. Like, nobody nobody knew about it until... Until I don't even remember what the issue was with Horizon Zero Dawn. Like somebody, I want to play that, but I can't because they're not going to release it for PC. I forget that I actually can play it. That yeah. I actually have a PS4. I, I mean, don't... I could, but I I don't have any thumbs. I was going to say we have a PS4. It's just yeah. Huck is a sad baby who can't handle consoles. Yes. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I mean, I most, completely agree with that statement. <laughs> most games I would much much rather play on pc but if i have to i'll I'll do it well i'll fight the bullet any game yeah any any game where shooting is involved and i might just have to do that for horizon zero because it does look pretty darn rad yeah i do tend to prefer pc for shooting also but it's that's the preferred unless it's like like rockstar style you don't even have to aim it just snaps to your target which is great yeah although I, i don't like playing like that that's that's like for that, I might as well play Kingdom Hearts. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it's. Are you trying to burn Kingdom Hearts? Was that intended to be a burn on Kingdom Hearts? No, it's it's praise of Kingdom Hearts. I believe the Kingdom Hearts, you know, insofar as it doesn't use only those those colors in the palette related to brown, um, is probably a more enjoyable experience, you know, than I would find out of RDR2. Uh, but then again, I can play RDR2 on on uh, PC. On PC. Yeah. Um, Doom. Yeah, Doom. Yeah, we should probably. Yeah, Yeah. although it's hard to talk about Doom without talking about everything else. Yeah, so very genre defining. Um, The original. Did the original game have a story? This one Uh, almost doesn't. It it does. uh, It has about the same story that this one does. Slightly less. You you get splash screens, ensuring like to make sure you don't go out and kill people. Yeah, (laughs) I I guess so. Uh, They they pretend. Um, and, and uh, the Doom 3 actually has kind of an interesting narrative, uh, although it's not a particularly sophisticated one. But at least its delivery is interesting. I yeah. do want to go around the table and see who has played what Doom games. All of them. Okay, me too. This is the only one that I've played. Yeah, I, I was going to say, Sam, this is my first. I didn't really, I was not really a PC gamer until, I don't know, like my late teens, early 20s, so. Yeah. 
Yeah, same. And even if I was, I I doubt I would have been a shooter player um, because the thing that drew drew me into games uh, as like a teen was mostly narrative stuff. And uh, as as we'll get into, there's not a lot of story in in Doom. And it's fine because there's not supposed to be. But like you're not here for the story. Yeah. So there's too much story in it. The story is uh, it's Mars in the future. There's a company that's trying to harvest hell for clean energy. And unsurprisingly, that went horribly wrong. And now you're like a space marine who's just like trying to survive and like make sure that hell doesn't spill too far into our dimension. Well, well, that would would mention that you're brought from hell. Yeah. yeah, you're from hell too, as well. Yeah, is the uh, I don't think that's true. I assume that's a reference to the original game and not actually like. No, it's actually, you've actually got it the other way around. In the original it, game, you are just a generic space marine, and in, yeah, in Doom Three, that's what um, I'm saying. In this, you, you're you you're you're you you starting you know, like a sarcophagus. Yeah, yeah, Kylie, you didn't get far enough. Well, hold on, hold on. Did you in the in the first original 1993 Doom? Yeah. Do you end in hell? Because my assumption was that like that you like in the first game you had these like travails of hell and became some kind of like bigwig hell person, and then you're back in this game. Is that it's not an interesting game? thought? But well, I mean, no, not really. You end uh you you end Doom two in on Earth. Or what's left of it. Okay. Um, because in, in, in the thing that, that Olivia's trying to do totally happens in Doom Doom 1, at the end of Doom 1. So, so uh, the I guess since we're still on story, the nominal story, the, the head of the corporation is like this guy who is a, you know, big crazy scientist guy who put himself in a robot body. He's a transhuman. And he has, and he has, a, he has a second in command... Olivia, who is equally crazy, but also not necessarily on his side. They're crazy separately. Yeah, um, different kinds of crazy. And uh, and she just wants to open a, a hell portal and let the hell in. I feel that her crazy is a little more honest. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. Yeah, she yeah. basically, I mean, she basically becomes like the leader of the hell cult on Mars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. And, and she's not, she's not like Hayden where... Because Hayden spends the entire game trying without success to sell you on. <laughs> He's you know. like, no, really, I'm the good guy. This is like, I was just trying to bring clean energy to the world. Yeah. I, how was I supposed to know that Mar, like, opening a gate to hell would get out of hand? Like, yeah. who could have seen that coming? Could have seen that. You know, he's fine. It was. I like, mean, it's worth it. me say that like he. Expected it, but it was worth it. it. Strictly speaking, he said he knew that this was there was a chance that this could happen, but that it was worth it. And he spends so much time saying it to you that I'm inclined to believe that he does not actually think that. Like I, that he knew deep down in his in his transhuman synthetic bones or whatever he has that replaced them that this was a super bad idea. I think he's mainly saying it. Because the player should be able to feel sympathy for people dead. I suppose, yeah. but he's also trying to. He's, he, the thing is, he's trying to keep you from smashing all his stuff. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> he's pretty self-interested. Yeah, I love, I love that moment. That see, t- it was 
what story there was, um, like the moment where you he's telling you, you know, you got to carefully unscrew the lens housing, you know, <laughs> right. for the for the hell energy filter. And of course, the Marine just puts his fist right through it. Yep. And then and then you do it like two or three, three more times. You do it three yeah. times total. Yeah. And he, he pleads with you not to do this. Well, you know. pleads. I think he's pretty aware of the fact that you're just going to do that, and he doesn't have yeah. much of a hope of convincing you otherwise. Yeah, after the second one, he's like, yeah. Well, he's more he's Hayden, more resigned. Yeah, like, I think he's resigned, because that's the thing. Hayden actually brought the Doomslayer to Mars as, like, a failsafe or something, right? Isn't that how that played it's, out? It's something like that. I think that yeah. uh, Olivia tried to stop him from doing that, but yeah. yeah. So you're you're a Doomslayer from, from uh, presumably Earth originally? But you've been in hell, and the creatures that live in hell are afraid of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I assumed I assumed that it was because you were the you were the Doom Marine from the first game, and well, like would, that, gotten that would, a reputation in hell by then. Yeah, but it, that would hold up. Like I like that. That's sort of the feeling I had too. But there's no evidence of continuity with any other Doom yeah. franchise game. Um, I'm pretty sure they don't care. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, why I would you? Fair. Um, <laughs> that's not why people are playing this game. Um, you do so. You spend the first portion of the game uh, in the Mars facility, um, trying to stop Olivia from opening a hell portal. Uh, Olivia inevitably opens the hell portal, and then you spend a couple levels in hell, wandering around hell, listening to legends of how you're such a badass. Pretty much. Uh, and then you go back to the facility and. I assume close the portal. I'm going to be honest. I did not finish the game. I got real close. I tried so hard, you guys. I it's, really did. It's fair. So, it's fair. I have uh, something to ask. Yeah. Because I've played through twice now, and I also like watched a story recap, and I have still no idea why you go to hell the first time. Uh, I mean, act, I yeah. Think you're trying to stop. You're trying to stop the um, like the thing Olivia's doing, and you get close to it, and there's just like a big big explosion that blasts you into hell. Well, yeah, yeah you get stuck. And then you just chill in hell. Yeah, she's got, like, that canister of, like, ultra-refined argent energy or something, and she throws herself into the portal, and that's what causes the portal to open up, or she throws herself into the beam, and that's mm-hmm. what causes the portal to open up, and I guess you're just kind of in the in the vacuum radius of... Yeah, assuming, you Assuming that hell blast. works like space, and you just <laughs> get sucked up into it. Get slurped into it, yeah. And that's okay. Um, I had a hard time navigating the hell environments, which oh, is interesting God. because Kyla, well, Kyla didn't, though. I actually least... found the hell environments kind of easier than the, the Mars environments. Yeah. There's less stuff. Yeah. It's more and open. It's yeah. more stuff, but it's, it's more of, like, there's a lot more um, visual similarity that makes every place look the same. That's what yeah, I had that's... trouble with. There's, there's, yeah, it's, I feel like the environments are less noisy, so, like, the edges of spaces and shapes are more clearly defined. Like, it's, it's more clear to me when something's a ledge, uh, that I should jump on. In, in the, in the space facility parts, they have to literally put, like, big glowing green lights on the ledges to show you where you can even go. That is true. The lights were helpful. The lights were incredibly helpful. The lights are dynamite. I want to say a thing that I've been saying to people all week about when talking about this game. Um, I feel like for me, the experience of playing Doom for this podcast is like being asked to describe the beauty of an incredibly attractive person of a gender that you're not attracted to. Right? Like I, 
this is an incredibly well designed game. There's that a was lot a of very poetic way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's there's it's a very well designed game and I can see like and enumerate all the things about it that are incredibly well designed and understand why someone else would be really into this game. But man, this is really not my kind of game. Yeah, that's fair. I mean even even I who suggested this game am like not really a shooters person. Uh and, and I and Tang I, is just the shooterist of shooters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It I, is. Like, it is the shootiest. Yeah, and I there there were points at, at, while playing this where I'm just like I have to stop for a day or two because there's just so much uh, that you have to process constantly. Yeah, it's a yeah, very so, like twitchy, reactive yeah. like awareness of the virtual world around you like run and gun sort of mm-hmm. thing. I, I when I play shooters at all, I tend to prefer to be uh, a sniper. Like I tend to be at a distance taking careful aim and like lining up taking you know multiple seconds to line up a shot and then, you know, taking the shot. In this game if you're not moving constantly, you're just yeah. dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm glad that your decision dear is to husband your bullets rather than to bullet your husband. <laughs> but um I, I, the, it is not a game that, it, they do make a nod to, um, the little more intellectual engagement that Kyla prefers. Um, but mostly they just want you to run in and shoot something and rip out its spinal cord. Yeah. Whenever possible, I did spend time, like, picking off the little mini zombies one by one with headshots, first yeah. from the pistol and then from the AR. Yeah. But there aren't that, like, that's, that's more just for entertainment. That doesn't actually get you much in terms of the gameplay. It's I mean, it's munitionally efficient. That's true. Yeah, it's uh, it means that you have more bullets. Um, I've and noticed. I, I feel sorry, like I got pretty good at the whole running around and shooting things by the end of it. Despite you it were not being really you, you were there just this morning. You were kiting the heck out of those pinkies. Um, there's a couple things that I want to point out. Like, and Carl, you probably noticed this too. A couple things that change Doom relative to previous Doom games. Um, unlike nearly every other first-person shooter uh, released, there is a health bar and an armor bar. Um, and that's that's actually super unusual. That's You almost never see that now. Yeah, that's really fallen uh, by the wayside. Yeah, and there's a reason for that. And um, indeed, I feel that they are largely superfluous in Doom because you're, once you get, once your armor's gone, your health jacks up and down. And the whole idea is that as you get closer to death, health drops are more likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the probability is pushed up. And the result is that they've achieved very much the same kind of um, recovery, uh, the sort of uh, the way, you, like, in, like in Call of Duty, how you recover. You just recover automatically over time. If you spend a lot, enough time not being actively not, shot. Not being ripped up, yeah. But the difference with Doom is that, in a way, they encourage you, they give you two options. You can either break contact and, you know, work around the edges and try to heal up that way, or you can just go ham uh, and jump right into the enemy and get health back by doing glory kills. Yeah, I was going to say, so, like, one of the big mechanics of this game uh, is the idea of glory kills. And it's in, in a way, it's kind of emblematic of the game as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it represents exactly what they hope that the player is going to get out of this game. So if you shoot something enough to bring it close to death but don't quite kill it, uh, you are given, usually, the option to run up to it 
uh, it like starts flashing and glowing. And if you run up to it in time and press the melee attack button, you will do some kind of ultra gory like finishing move that you're invulnerable during that time. So it's you know like ripping off its arm and stuffing it in its mouth, or you know like That's literally. Literally punching into its eyeball and ripping it out of its head. You know, and the one with the uh, the mancubus where you like rip out its heart and then shove its heart down its throat, and then yeah. it explodes. Yeah, <laughs> and then it explodes. Oh, the yes. mancubus so, explosions you know, were beautiful. They were so good. The, yeah, the most over the top, gory, violent kind of, you know, um, not a not quite Mortal Kombat level finisher, but you're getting there. The, it never really wore off for me the extent to which the demons seemed startled by your brutality. I get the they did they did a pretty good job at least for me of creating the impression that the demons are used to ripping apart humans who cower mm-hmm. and whimper, and they're not used to having you know to their leg broken and then crammed up their nose. Yeah, they are not used to being on the receiving end of the rip and tear. Yeah, you yeah. you are yeah you are more brutal. I, one other thing I should mention, um, and Carl, you've played it uh, as much as I have, and you guys too can maybe back me up here. But is there any evidence that the Doom Marine is a dude? I mean, I mean, in the early, isn't it called Doom Guy in yeah. some adaptations? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, we true. never see we never see his face or his body even, or, or we do, but it's under. Game. Under the Praetor suit. No, in the first game, he's got, like, a little expressive face that makes, uh, that, like, winces as you get hit and stuff like that. And you see him, you see him externally in Doom 3. But I'm saying, I'm saying specifically for Doom 2016. This one? Is there any reason, do we have any reason to be sure that it's not a woman under all that armor? Uh, I mean, you do see the person's, like, bare hands and, like, self in the beginning when he's on the autopsy table. Um, I don't uh, think this is a Samus Aran sort of situation. Yeah. I was, it would be nice. That would be a cool ending. Um, uh, but yeah, no, so I was gonna, I was gonna say more about glory kills. Um, so glory kills have the mechanical effect of if you glory kill an enemy, then it auto, it, it, it uh, is like guaranteed to drop health. Um, so it becomes a, an invaluable mechanic in the middle of a large firefight. That if you see this glow, you need to run towards it and grab the thing and do this gory thing in order to get your health back. Because you're, usually if you're wading into combat, you're taking a lot of damage. So the, the game does a really great job of encouraging you, you know, it's, it's like a rhythm. There's a certain rhythm to like shoot, 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 glory kill, shoot, 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 glory kill, and kind of like weaving your way around the battlefield that I feel like they really nailed in mm-hmm. terms of like, the experience and the the tone and just the the kind of flow of the gameplay. Yeah, that, I think yeah. that became like my strategy actually uh, in big encounters where you have a lot of the uh, what are the low level low Ibsen, level uh, yeah. the imps and whatever the other ones are. Like Revenant? I would not revenants. Revenants aren't really low level. The fallen. The fallen. That's the yeah. Uh, I would just like. I would I would take out the imps because the imps were fucking annoying with their with their fireballs. But I would just like let the other guys kind of be, and I would just save them for when I needed health. Yeah, that seems reasonable. There's a there's a, a canned speech that I always gave people when describing Doom Three, and I think that a lot of people had this experience with Doom Three and that they were leaning into it as hard as they could. 
with the sequel. In Doom 3, you usually run screaming away from the enemies uh, until you get the chainsaw, at which point I still run screaming, but not away. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's what they were going – I felt that that attitude became rewarded uh, and a little more vindicated, even though the chainsaw doesn't work the way it used to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But- they called it push forward combat. Yeah. According mm-hmm. to their GDC talk. Interesting. I could see that. And, and it's, I, I, and it was me, all about like going, they say like going where the fun is. Yeah. So always moving towards. Which is like, absolutely and, antithetical to how I play games like this because I'm a very cautious hang back sort of player. Uh, but I, I can see, again, I can see, like, how they got to this and why they would get to this, like, how this would be appealing. Um, and, and they do, they do showcase it really well, uh, in the form of the, the pacing of the game tends to be, not of the combat specifically, but, like, of the game overall, is that you spend a lot of time exploring a space and kind of not doing much, maybe picking off one or two enemies here and there. Uh, and then it will be punctuated by an arena where you'll find yourself in kind of a big space, and then all of a sudden there's enemies everywhere. And then the music ramps way up. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden throbbing bass, like da-da-da-da-da-da. And then you uh, you have to, when you beat all the enemies, you know you beat all the enemies because the music calms the fuck back down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The music in this game is one of the best music I've ever yeah, heard. They, yeah, it's... they kind of nailed it back with back in uh, whatever it was, 97 with Quake, um, with the Trent Reznor soundtrack. And they've been going with that oh, yeah. ever since. Yeah, but not only like is it good music, but the way they use the music. Yeah. Yeah. So like in boss fights, the music change when you dodge an attack, and like you get like really cool beats depending on what you're doing. There's yeah. only one other game that I've been as stimulated by the dynamic music, and that's Alien vs Predator 2. Um, I feel like Shadow of the Colossus also does a very good job with that. Uh, granted, they only have like three tracks that they fade between. Um, but it's still very effective. Yeah, but I was I was always impressed by how how well the music cue stuff worked. Like how it you really do get that like sudden tension of like okay music's ramping up here we go, and then when it calms down you're like okay I can take a breath. Um, and that's actually why I stopped. Uh, uh, so I backstory I. We, one of the reasons we took so long to play this is because I have been having very terrible nausea um, playing this game. Uh, and it took about a week for me to acclimate to the game enough to play more than half an hour at a time. Uh, so, But I, I played as regularly as I could, like an hour, hour and a half at a time, and kept, kept pushing through it. And uh, today, I was so close to the ending... Um, and I'm like, I just want to see, I know there's some boss fights at the end. I just want to see the boss fights so I can say I saw the boss fights. Uh, and I got to an arena fight, which was very hard. And I'm like, all right, I'll do this. I'll push through it. And I pushed through it and it gave me the like, okay, calm down music. Like you did it. Congratulations. You're good. And then I hit a button and then it spawned two more giant monsters and they killed me. And I had to go all the way back to before that giant arena fight. And I'm like, music, you lied to me. That is unfortunate. Yeah. It's probably on purpose, though. I, I think I'm the same sure thing happened it. to me. It's that I'm it's sure. that arena fight. It's that multi-level one with the teleporters. 
And it's right before the elevator where you're going to the yeah. – La- it's the Lazarus elevator. Yeah, and they and drop two, two hell barons on you. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, the main arena fight has, like, two levels, and the top level is these little spokes that are kind of easy to fall off of. So you don't have a ton of room to maneuver. And I found that fight very difficult. Uh, yeah, it's not an easy fight. Yeah. And um, I was annoyed to have to, to be called upon to do it again. So uh, I do want to ask what difficulty folks played on, what, what they found comfortable. I played it on baby difficulty because I don't like I said, I don't play a whole lot of uh, I don't play a whole lot of shooters. And while I can like get into the rhythm well enough to play them competently, it takes me a while to get into that. So I'd uh-huh. rather just save myself the frustration at yeah, the beginning. That's... I probably should have done that. I went with the medium difficulty because I wanted to see what they thought was well balanced. Um, mm-hmm. And you would have got further, I think, but I'm not sure it would have been a better experience. You can I, I, change difficulty mid- midway, yeah. unless oh, you're playing a nightmare or ultra nightmare. Okay, good to know. What, what yeah. about you, Carl? I played on nightmare. Okay. Because I'm cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, you're better at this. You're a better man than me. So I discovered that my difficulty setting is somewhere between uh, Hurt Me Plenty and Ultraviolence, which is the second and third difficulty tiers out of five, in case people are unclear on that. Um, normally there's... That's, sorry? Six. Ultra Nightmare doesn't count. Yeah, Ultra Nightmare is the is the mysterious sixth. But no, isn't it only five? Aren't there only... Uh, it's There's like three main difficulties, then Nightmare, then Ultra Nightmare. Isn't there only five? I don't think there's four main difficulties. Uh, there are, there have been in previous Doom games. That's always how they've done it. This is a departure. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't actually remember that up. My experience yeah, was that it up right now. yeah, but my experience was that as I unlocked things, the game became easier. As I unlocked weapon mods, which brings me to actually one of the things I don't like about the game, but I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, the game became easier as I unlocked stuff, and so by the end of the game, I was good for I was good for ultra violence. And maybe I could probably get into Nightmare. Do enemies respawn in Nightmare, Carl? No. Okay, so it's not like it's not like Doom Original Nightmare. It's okay. I'm looking. Really yeah, hard. I've got the skill levels. There are five. Ultra okay. Nightmare is the highest. So it's. Yeah. Uh, I'm too young to die. Hurt me plenty. Oh. Ultra Violence Nightmare, and then Ultra Nightmare. Yeah. So there's six. Is there an additional one? No, that's fine. No, never, never mind, yeah. never mind. Yeah. Oh, that was fine. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I, I had to look twice at that too, because it seemed like, wait a minute, because this is Doom. Um, I'm assuming Ultra Nightmare is the one where the enemies respawn after eight seconds. No, the only difference no. it says between Nightmare and Ultra Nightmare is that uh, Ultra Nightmare is, yeah, death is the end, and you can only save at the end of levels. Okay, that's so. kind of cool though, that's that's interesting. Yeah, that's a, uh, and, that's a feels like a fair way of doing it. With yeah, everything unlocked. That's not could... fair, considering imps like do that's... 70 health of damage. Yeah, that's, that's true. And that's early true. game, you have 100 health. You just gotta not get hit, Carl. <laughs> um, the, uh, um, the difficulty thing is always something that it, it has, to, has tried to tune. Um, and I think that we see a little bit of Bethesda's sinister influence in the replayability, which brings me to the exploration component. Well, yeah, I was going to bring up exploration. Like the problem yeah. with balance is that you have to balance it for different play styles. Yep. And the uh, not everybody is willing to examine every tiny corner of the map to see where all the secrets are. I did because I like doing that. <laughs> but yep. I fully understand that there's like a group, especially of people who play like twitchy high action shooters who don't want to like 
you know, backtrack down every hallway just in case there's a little hidden figurine there. So my my I don't mind that that's a part of the game. I'm annoyed that they made it mandatory. Did they, though? Yes, because whatever mm-hmm. – if you begin the game at a different difficulty level appropriate for you, so ultraviolence for me, mm-hmm. the game will be <coughs> – excuse me. The game gains almost a full tier of difficulty by the end if you don't upgrade your stuff. To upgrade yeah, your things, you need to explore. Not always. You do get um, – Not enough. Like, you do get points from just killing <laughs> enough things. Not enough points. And also you don't get drones for that. Or uh, runes. And they do try and put, well, but they do try and put a, a number of things, like, <laughs> along the critical path. Like, not everything is hidden down, you know, like, the an obscure hallway. A lot of Agreed. stuff you would just run into naturally. Uh, no, and, not and a lot of stuff. Maybe 10% of it. More than that. Yeah, but it's more than 10% when it comes to, at least, runes and armor tokens. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> And, and you need important those. Stuff. And you don't really, like, the Prider suit tokens are great, but if you only collected enough to upgrade, like, one category, that's probably fine. Like, most of the upgrades you get from Prider suit tokens are not mm. that useful. Yeah, it's the weapon upgrades that are most, dis- and also the Argent cells. Yeah, mm. I was going to say, the Argent cells are the big ones. I believe but. exactly half of the Argent cells are along the mainline path, and the other half are Explore rewards. Uh, and I don't like being... But... <clears throat> But when Sorry. we say explore, like every hidden thing is on the map. If you like some of them can be a little tricky to figure out how to get into. But if you if you're like, dang, I really need the Argent cell in this level. Let me look where it is. You can just look at your map and it's it's there and you can go find it. Yeah, not always, but usually. Um, no, I mean, the right. icon is always there. It's As I say, sometimes it's tricky to figure out how to get it, to it. You but... have gone near it or have the perp that lets you see stuff. Yeah. Uh, so... Isn't it once you get the mini-map? Or maybe it's just because I like the first thing I unlocked was the stuff that makes it see you so you can see it on the map. Just like everyone else, my first path was – the first my Praetor chips went straight into the sensors in the suit so I could find everything else. Well, like, what's the... me. No, nope. what did you pick? First thing I did was uh, explosions doesn't kill me. Mm. <laughs> that was the second thing I did. On uh, ultra violence, I, th- I think, or sorry, on uh, nightmare mode, that would probably be the, the smart choice. <clears throat> yeah. So there's, a, I feel like most of the rewards are kind of junk in that because it's like it's good to be the the radar stuff is good to be able to find more secrets. Not being hurt by environmental stuff is good, but there isn't that much environmental stuff. Until at least until you get the the final perk in that tree, which is like you you don't get killed by like your own explosions, mm-hmm. um, and then the other two are like you can grab ledges and things faster, and like you can throw one extra grenade, and it's like yeah. uh, okay, fine. We didn't I need guess. the equipment either. That was that was unnecessary. Uh, There's a I, lot of things that like is excessive. There's a lot of different upgrades. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you really can't use because for each gun there's two upgrade paths except for the super shotgun, mm-hmm. which fine. Uh, and you can't use both at once, obviously, because only one, only one, you're modifying your weapon, and only one modification can be true of it at a certain time. So I think what most players do, I, I'm just, I'm reaching here. Maybe the experience was different, but I think what most players do is pick one upgrade for a gun that they kind of like or think they might like, and just go with that. 
that's where I went. And they're all pretty good. Yeah, yeah that's all- right. The the ultimate upgrade on the speed uh, tree for suit was you can switch your me- weapon mods faster. And I'm like, do people switch weapon mods? There is a there is a context where that's important. I should mention the pistol only has one upgrade tree as well. But no, in uh, the plasma rifle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he said, yeah, he said super shotgun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it went to, yeah. So it's 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 the super shotgun and the pistol only have one upgrade path. But the other two, the, all the other weapons have two. Yeah, Kitty, the the plasma rifle, being able to swap mods on that, it's decisively useful. Eh, like it's too much to think about in the heat of combat for me. Mm-hmm. Like it's the the. I'm I'm focused so much on situational awareness, situational awareness of what's around me, and just trying to make sure that like no one's sneaking up behind me, and figuring out where these fireballs are coming from. I don't have time to think about like the 30 different weapon options I have. Mm-hmm. I I honestly I barely pick what weapon I intend to use in combat. I pretty much like mouse wheel down until I get to something appropriate, use it until it's out of ammo, and then mouse wheel to the next one. Mm-hmm. Yep. I do That's, the same thing. <laughs> what about you, Carl? Um, I don't know. You run out of ammo. You use everything. Yeah. yeah like I, my go-to was the shotgun with the explosive rounds. Yep. Because <laughs> that's, that's really good for both damage and like efficiency when it comes yeah. to ammo. It's yeah. good economy. Although after I got the last, I got the final upgrade on the super shotgun. I pretty much never used the normal one anymore. Um, the damage over time is so I good. I did like the super shotgun a lot. So, so I, I guess I'm the only one that actually chooses, like, looks at a situation and picks a gun based on how they think it's going to go, huh? Well, I mean, there are some things, like, obviously you want a heavy damage weapon for a big heavy enemy. Right. Um, and, you know, like, you, you can't use something that takes a long time to stand and aim on something that moves around a lot. But there are so many guns, and they have each such like unique profiles in terms of the their how it feels to use them. Mm. Um, that I think it's pretty common to just cycle through a bunch of them in each combat. And as, I mean, as Carl said, you run out of ammo, so you kind of have to. Well, you that need an me... imp killing item and a big guy killing item. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I never ran out of ammo once. Once I got the, the the first ammo purchase, which I took pretty early from the Argent cells. I would just find a small enemy. Like if I started getting low, um, I, I okay, I should say I would always run out of ammo. I'd run through my guns in order of flight preference for the situation. But then that brings us to the chainsaw, um, which yeah, completely refills your ammo if you use it. Weird mechanic. Yeah, I didn't use the chainsaw. I think it's cheating. It's too far well, away for me on the keyboard for me to hit the button. Oh, well, According to my own rules, it's cheating. Okay. I did. Wow. <laughs> I'm impressed. It's, I don't know, like, I couldn't, it isn't, you, you don't really need it. There's enough, there's enough ammo in the game to not have to do that. Yeah, so but let me, I let me explain the mechanic real quick. Yeah, yeah. So it, the, the machine, or, yeah, the chainsaw is, uh, a, a weapon that you get, like, in the first or second level, pretty early on, uh, that has a limited number of charges and is an instant kill, but it uses up a certain number of charges based on how big the enemy is that you're killing. So like a, a heavy enemy might be a four charge and a small enemy might be a, a light, you know, a one charge. Uh, but when you use it, uh, the enemies are guaranteed to drop a great deal of ammo. So it's often a good last resort weapon um, because you can kill something and then get ammo for all of your other weapons. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the uses intended, I think. But I just used it to when I ran through all my ammo, 
I just find a small enemy and chainsaw him. Yeah, it gives well, you it gives you at least more than half of a full stack of ammo, and that's assuming you're fully upgraded, like your ammo capacity is fully upgraded. Yeah, no, it's I mean it's useful to get ammo back, but the fact that it's like a separate weapons key that's not on the main weapons wheel uh, made it difficult for me to like remember to switch over to it. Yeah, it just like wasn't in my natural thought pattern. I, I, that the exact same thing with I put my, it on my mouse. I. Uh, I would just like in in the moment I would just forget that I had that option and I didn't I didn't have uh that much difficulty keeping my ammo up mm-hmm. so it was never it never felt like necessary but I would always be like oh I could I could use my chainsaw yeah can... so why did I spend all that time trying to shotgun down this enormous guy when I could have just chainsawed him yeah yeah and so how about the BFG because that's also on a different key the, yeah I had sort of the same problem I didn't. To be fair, I didn't have it for very long. Yeah, she only I, just got I stopped, it. I stopped playing pretty shortly after I got it. Um, so, but I, I, I anticipate essentially the same problem, where it's like, oh, right, I have to remember that I need to reach across the like two rows on the keyboard to get uh, to get to this extra key so I can do this special weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my my answer to that is, well, don't don't do it that way. You've got two unused buttons on your mouse. I, but it's the same thing because there's essentially there are three things I can do comfortably on my mouse. I can left click, I can right click, and I can mouse wheel. And I'm also already using a maybe like mouse wheel click, right? Um, yeah. I'm already using all four of those for essential things. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, for me, clicking the mouse wheel was my melee button um, because I needed something that was like really easy to get to to do glory kills. Yeah, I'm a weirdo. I use mouse, mouse wheel down is my melee button in any game that will let me do that. But how do you switch weapons then? Uh, e and Q, I use the original. I use the original Doom configuration, which is E and Q, and which is better because it stacks the inputs. Then you can't you can't move and cycle your weapons at the same time. Then sure I can. Do you use WASDA and E and Q at the same time? No. Um, Oh, I see what you mean. Uh, as a matter of fact, I can do that. Uh, I I actually have extra yes, fingers. Each, yeah, extra <laughs> fingers. No, the short version is that I I um it's that's an interesting point. Um, but it's not. There are enough breaks in like if I'm strafing to the side, I use my middle finger for E and Q, or if I'm moving forward or backward, I use my index finger for E or my ring finger for Q. Um, this is why you can't play console games, is because yeah. you've you've turned all, your, yeah. your hand into some weird mutant spider thing. You know, that's funny. Is that what, too many buttons. Girl, what do you use to change weapons? I mean, I've found them to like. I have my stuff on one to five QER, mm-hmm. and then like the big guys are on like C, U, V, and B. Okay. Yeah. I, I um, it just occurred to me that that's it's weird, but the, the reason I use keys to cycle weapons is because I can I can do discrete inputs, so I can command the game to cycle through three weapons. Well, I mean that's what the weapon wheel is supposed to be for. If I roll the mouse wheel while no, not, I'm... not the mouse wheel, the weapon wheel, where you like oh, yeah. down Q or whatever to bring up the the wheel, and then you just select the gun you want. Which by the way, a when weapon I got... wheel. Wait, <laughs> okay, yes, so... Carl. There's an unnecessary console weapon wheel. Um, well, it's necessary for console players, I guess. I Carl, it slows the game down when you bring it up. Exists. That's how I beat the cyber demon in oh. ultraviolence. I cheated. 
I used the weapon wheel slowing to time my jumps. <laughs> Pro strats. Yeah. I bet <laughs> that doesn't right. work in Nightmare, though. Speaking of pro strats, uh, should we talk about how buggy this game can be? <laughs> I did not find find a single bug, there's and only, I don't think I did the first time. Yeah, and there's only one that there's one specific bug. The game is not very buggy at all. No, I, I okay, very buggy is is overselling it for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I did have a few problems of like maps not filling in or maps not doing what they're supposed to and I did manage at one point to do a glory kill that clipped me through the floor and then I fell endlessly to my death. That happened to me like five times in the Condigir Sanctum in the first hell level. I kept doing that. Yeah, so that is the main speedrun strat in this game is using the glory kill animation to clip yourself out of bounds and get through walls. So I'm a little alarmed that that's still a thing that happened, because they're supposed to have patched that. Well, to be fair, I was I was rewatching a little piece of the speedrun before this, and the speedrunners have to have it in uh, at 200 FPS to use that. Yep. And also they have to run it in version 1. Um, but I, I clipped through the ground, and mine is currently... Mine runs at 30 FPS, because my graphics card... Oh, that's the other thing that happened to me. Uh, the past couple of weeks is there was a power outage that fried my computer. That was another thing that uh, oh, no. that delayed my Doom playing a little bit. Was uh, for for like half the time Huck and I were sharing a, a single computer. <laughs> so I'm back to normal now, but my new system uh, or my new old system can uh, can only support Doom at 30 FPS, not 60. It so. could support it at 60, but you'd have to turn. Other things down. I can barely support it at 30. I had like some serious frame rate lag this morning, and I had to like turn a bunch of stuff off. Yeah, so. yeah, but it's it it's sustainable. It's not the most tractable game ever. Um, it's Doom, and it kind of that's sort of an, an uh, it's that kind of upset me because it it generally makes uh the their breakthrough was making engines was tractability. It wasn't that they were particularly brilliant designers or developers. They they just had this one guy who knew how to make everything work on a toaster. You know, yeah. and I'm sad that that's not still true, but I understand so, that you can't keep. I thought Doom was pretty good about that, especially like after they patched it a bunch of times. What's your spec? Um, I have a thousand sixty. Ten sixty Ti. Yeah. Uh, how much memory? Ten sixty. Okay. Um, so you got an inter- that's a that's that you clear you blow the spec away, Kelso. What? Oh, I've got a 9060. Okay, I'm getting there. Kyla's running a 750, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, that's not. I'm not. I'm not like super specs to it, but you know, I did okay with what I had, and even when the frame rate got like down to 18 at one point, I still managed to kill the things that were chasing me. So. It's- it was yeah. weird to say, but I thought it would look terrible. But no, she just turned the motion blur on high, and it actually looked pretty. Inter- it looked kind of cool in in 30 fps. It was like noir and smoky. I mean, I don't think I would call it smoky, but it was, uh, between it the motion have, blur and the latency, it did have a mind. more like animated look to it. Whereas, like previously, it looked more like it was trying to be live action when I was playing yeah. it at 60 on the other system, and then I turned it to 30, and all of a sudden, it looked like a video game, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> in a weird way. Yeah, in a it's in a strange way, it was more cinematic, and I was or more um, whatever the game equivalent of cinematic is. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but it's it was fine. I I enjoyed it. I was really annoyed whenever I would like do some exploring and the map would not properly like fill in areas that I'd explored uh, or would show me in like an area that didn't exist. Um, because I I relied on that mini map so much. Yeah. Like pretty much pretty much. By the end of the game, it was like every 10 seconds I was just checking the mini-map like, okay, are there secrets nearby? All right, which way am I going? What's like, okay, which, you know, like, what's the way that I'm supposed to explore so I can go the other way? Awesome. Yeah. Did you guys fist bump your little guys? Yeah. Okay, there's, I think... Because I did not do that a single time this time, and I know, I don't know why. So I thought it was just the one guy that is like the little figurine version of the Doom Marine. Yeah, does. I'm pretty sure it only you only do it with the with either Quake guy or Doom guy, but I think you only do it once. I I had it happen multiple times. Really? Oh. Yeah. I think it happened multiple times the first time I played. Okay, so maybe it's a random thing, and you should... I feel like it might be related to like, do you pick it up and then immediately move on, or do you pick it up and kind of hang out there and just wait for the fist bump? Oh, that's a thought. It might be reactive, or it might be based on how how far you are in the level when you pick, it, or how long you've been in the level when you pick him up. I don't know, um, but yeah. So the, the one of the collectibles, one of the coll- few collectibles that doesn't actually do anything, is you can collect uh, little figurines, like little action figures of the Space Marines. Well, see, that's in the thing, colors. though. I'd rather it didn't do anything, but it does well, do something. Well, it it just counts for secret unlocks. Like that's not that's I don't count that as like a mechanical thing. Like but they it is could mechanical. do the same. No, they could do the same thing by having nothing in that space and just saying like, "Hey, you found this secret area," which they also do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you when you pick up the little guy, it makes a little like cute noise, and uh, and then sometimes you you play with the little hand of the doll, and then you fist bump. The little doll, and it's the cutest thing in the world. It's very cute. It is, especially in the contrast. Um, again, to, to be pedantic, um, this is the thing that bugged me that I was talking about earlier. It does do something. It does have a mechanical implication. You get upgrade points for doing that. No, you get upgrade points for exploring. Again, guy... if, the, if that area was completely empty and was just counted as a secret area, it would have the exact same effect. Which right. is why I, I say that the the marine itself does not have a mechanical uh, benefit. Exploring has a mechanical benefit. No, that's so. It's so different than it's different than like finding right. an argent en- energy cell, which has the mechanical advantage of then you can immediately use it as like a currency to upgrade a thing. You to clarify, you do get points for exploring the map, for going into different places and finding secrets. You get points for your kill count for for co- combat performance. Separate from those, you also get points specifically for picking up the Doom guy. You get a point for him specific. And I don't really, I'm not really upset about any of that. What bothers me is that those points are, I felt that those points are mandatory. So I was being forced to explore. I don't think they are. I think no. they are, they are, those points are for people for whom the, the standard combat would be too hard otherwise. You can argue that those are a handicap. Right. Those are for people whose preferred style of gameplay is not run and gun and shoot everything. So they're not as good at just run and gun and shoot everything. So those people have an alternative where they can go and, you know, do an activity that's not run, gun, shoot and Mm -hmm. get something that helps them be better at the combat. So I should have played it on a lower difficulty. Yes. (laughs) 
I mean, yeah, basically. If you don't want to explore, then you you play it on a lower difficulty because that's, yeah, that's what the exploration that's... is for is to support that play style. There's so much interesting shit you can get with secrets. Yeah, like they you do. can go you get weapons way earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you can get like levels from Doom One. Yeah, yeah, they do have uh they do have old Doom maps, uh like Doom One maps, complete with like Doom One era graphics yep. <laughs> that you can find in each level. And God, the one I found two of them. And it made me so motion sick yeah, to be in would. those areas. The textures are so low res that it just it felt horribly nauseating just to be in like with the bright blue ceiling texture. And ugh. so ugh. Uh, one thing that I, I hasten to point out is that in the original Doom, you could not look up or down. Yeah, yeah, no. no. I, so I, the, I get that you didn't see those textures in the original yeah. Doom, but the fact that they you can see them in this one, and they're, like, just, like, headache-inducing. The Dutch Angle Stravaganza that, that descends upon you when you play the original maps is just, it's a little bit much. Also, I really hate how hard those that secret is to find. Those secrets are to find. They're uh, really hard so, to find. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Find but, a secret level lever in the level somewhere and pull it, and yeah. then find the door that it mm-hmm. corresponds to. Yeah. But uh, the lever. I mean, like, I think the only the only thing that does is actually just unlocks that map so you can play in it, right? Like, you you don't get even you, an exploration. You get like ammo or stuff like that. Yeah, you do. Oh you yeah, that's true. They do. They do. And you get a point. You get a point for it. You get the um, secret found. Yeah. But you, you actually only get the secret found things. There's one point for getting 50% of them and then one point for getting 100% of them and no other in between. So, you know, if you're a decent explorer, you can usually get the half point and then I don't know if it's worth going for the, the whole point unless you're like really, really dedicated. Interesting. I didn't know and that. I thought that, that you got one point for every every no. time you filled in a question mark on the... No, you get one point for 50% of all hidden areas and one point for... Um, 100%. for 100%. And you get five points for killing all the enemies in the level. So there is a much greater reward for combat, comparatively. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's appropriate. Huh. Yeah. Oh. yeah, so there's, there's so many different, like, currencies and things. It, it, it kind of, you get used to it playing for a while, but, like, when you stop and think about it, it's like, okay, there's, like, the Argent energy that, like, uh, upgrades, yeah. Wow, that was a loud cat. The, the cat is like behind my monitor right now. So, uh, so there's like Argent energy for upgrading you, and then Prider tokens for like upgrading like your suit functionality, and then uh, weapon mod unlocks that you get by finding the little equipment drones, and then uh, weapon uh, upgrade points that you can only apply to mods unlocked. And it's just, it's a lot of things to keep track of. Runes. Runes. You forgot runes. about the runes. Yeah. yeah. There's, runes are like these big glowing stones that you come across. And when you find them, you have to do like a little mini skill trial. If you do it, then you get uh, a, um, you get to uh, the rune that you can equip. And that will give you a like special ability. And then if you do a certain thing enough times with that ability equip, you unlock the upgrade. 
Uh, and <laughs> that applies for weapons, too. Once you have fully upgraded a weapon, you unlock a special thing that you have to do with that weapon to get a special bonus ability on that weapon. And it's just so many things. Mm-hmm. It's got a snowball kind of feel to it. And I'm wondering how much of that is Bethesda trying for more replayability, because the game is not that long when you get down to it. Yeah. It's pretty long. It's like 12 hours, which these days is like a pretty decent length for a game. Um, I Honestly, I kind of don't like it when games are much longer than that these days. I just don't have the time to play them. It depends on the game, but I generally expect... Um, if, it, if it didn't have all the upgrade depth, I'd feel... Like I'd be like, this is not this is not sixty dollars worth of game. Yeah, I think it would be for me, um, but you know, I'm. I mean, I would easily pay because like, it's probably one of the best design games I've ever seen. Mm. Or at least one of the most designed games. Yeah. It well, it is no best design. It has a lot of very good game design in it. Mm-hmm. Um, for everything from like about you know, thirty the, years worth. The lighting cues that they, you know, use and the the sound stuff is excellent. The enemies are really varied and they each, like, have a unique feel to them. The weapons all have a very unique feel to them. And the game gives you good cause to um, to use a wide variety of weapons and tactics. Uh, it gives you good impetus for exploring. It's very good at encouraging the kind of gameplay that it, you know, thrives on, yeah. that it's that is fun, um, that, you know, that it is best at. It's it's well-designed in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. you know, I, I am I would be proud to have a game like that on my resume in terms of being a designer. Uh, I, I would especially say also that it's really good at encouraging, not discouraging. Yes. So like, yeah. you're never punished. Yeah, something. it's an anti-punitive development. Yeah, you're... And that's, you're you're rewarded for things rather than punished for things, which is very true. In all the ways where they could have done something easier, they didn't. They made it work. So it's like Valve-level design ethic. Uh, And that, I admit, that is refreshing, and I do want to support that. Um, Yeah, okay, you've convinced me. It was worth 60 bucks. (laughs) Even though I don't deathmatch, which supposedly adds value to the game. Um, But I'm encouraged that that's not mandatory to... Like that, you don't have to have that side of things to um, to enjoy it, to to feel that you've you got your money's worth. In any case, the replayability put it put the value back in because I put a lot more than twelve hours in it. <laughs> um, I feel I feel a mandatory question to ask for us playing a game like this. Favorite gun? Mm. I'm always. I mean, in in basically any game with a shotgun, I am the shotgun boy. Which one? Uh, I well. It sort of depends. Most of the time, uh, I use the regular shotgun because of the explosive mm. shell, uh, but the super shotgun also got a whole lot of use out of me. But Kyla didn't ask you what your favorite munition is. <laughs> well, no, it can be gu- it can be a combination of gun plus a specific upgrade. Sure, um, but because Lord knows, like, um, I I used the rocket launcher way more than I have ever used a rocket launcher in any other shooting game. With and there. it was mostly because of that missile lock-on upgrade. Yeah. T.O.T. Yeah. So, so which was it, Kelso? Was it the shotgun or the super shotgun? <sighs> if you if you had like or the pistol. <laughs> yeah, the pistol. If you had unlimited, if you had an unlimited uh, scenario. Not like unlimited ammo, but like a scenario where you weren't going to be called upon to like 
do a huge long combat with only one thing. You ha- you would have as much resource as you need. Oh well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then I would then I would use the super shotgun. Super shotgun, yeah. yeah. So if you had to play the game with one gun. <laughs> Well, that's not a fair. Well, question. that's that's different because yeah. that's like that's a very super shotgun question. is great for close up encounters. Mm-hmm. Super shotgun loses effectiveness when you're more than like three feet away from the thing. Mm-hmm. What about you, Carl? I mean, my favorite is definitely a ghost gun. Gauss rifle, really? Gauss rifle. Yeah, yeah I, I actually use that more than I was expecting to with the um, whatever the charge shot is with that one. Yeah. zooms it a little bit. I forget what they call it, but I use that one Scope. more than I was expecting yeah. to. Which I, which mode I was yours? The, I found the plasma ones like very difficult to tell when I was hitting things. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, they're also hard to hit things with. Carl, which which mode was your mode for the for the Gauss rifle? Um, the one you can move. Mm, yeah. The so scope. That yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other one might be really, really good because I used it. In, it you, is. Need it, you get it for one of the rune challenges, and you just insta kill people. But Pretty much, yeah. You can take out a you can take out an unelevated mancubus with one shot if you place it right with that. Problem is, you you can't move while you're setting it up until you unlock all of it. So. Yeah, yeah it's right. and it is hard to name a particular favorite weapon because it's definitely very much like a situational gun thing, like. I really like the rocket launcher for taking down big enemies, but I really like the super shotgun for being able to run around and get a bunch of small enemies. But I really like the AR for being able to stand at a distance and like pick things off with headshots. What, what the was AR yours, with infinite missiles is so much fun. Mm, the scope's <laughs> nice too, though. I love the scope, though. I can't not have the scope. Yeah. Was that your favorite, dear? The HAR. Uh, no, I think for general purpose, I would probably also go with the super shotgun. Mm. But second place might actually be the rocket launcher, which is incredibly unusual for me. BFG. Um, eh. So for me, the the favorite weapon question and the if you only had one weapon are the same question. Um, That's how I measure. That's how I measure favorite. And for me, it actually is the HAR. Yeah. Yeah, you because, find that to be the most multi-purpose weapon? Uh, maybe it's the one that um, I mean the it is probably the weapon I use. Probably the chain gun with the turret in the mobile turret mode is the one that I use the most. But the problem is that that horks through your ammo like basically instantly. You know, I mean it kills it. Something's going to be dead because you can hardly miss with it. Um, and I do like the idea that even before you deploy it, it has two. Rotary packs of uh, no, sorry, it has three rotary packs of three barrels, and the entire group of of packs of barrels rotates, and the individual three barrel groups also rotate. So you know it's like spinning rims. You know, I, I figure I keep when I when I would fire it in regular mode, I'm like, why doesn't the marine the, the doom marine fall over on his side from all the torque? Um, but the HAR, um, both of its its special modes are really cool. Uh, and you could, if I had to go through the game using one, I, you could, you, it wouldn't be that hard because you can, as Carl points out, you get that, that's the final unlock, right? The infinite mini missiles. Yeah. Yeah. So you can just mini missile everything to death. They've got I pretty good. Big guys just didn't die from it. I mean, yeah, it's not, like, it doesn't scale brilliantly. But the, that's why I like the, um, the, the, the upgrade for, uh, the the HAR where you have um, the scope, 
Mm-hmm. It, which, by the way, you have to get by doing headshots while scoped. So good, good for me. Um, is that you fire like little mini tiny explosive rounds. And that for me was really useful when I needed to stun whatever was following me because it, it often, if you get enough like right to the face of with those, with that munition, it tends to stagger them, which gives me enough time to like get my bearings and get a little distance. Yep. It has about a 2x scope and no recoil. So it's nice. Yeah. Getting no, getting those headshots, man. That's, it, it's easier than you think because it's if a vector. I, I had a lot of fun getting headshots with it. It felt, it felt like such a not doom way to play the game. You know, it's a, it's a hit scan weapon, but it's a hit scan. The hit scan is about as big around as a, like, like a soccer ball. Um, and it doesn't recoil at all. So you can just, you can just walk your shots in on the head. You know, and that's that's kind of fun, too. I like to, you know, you, you like to graze across a group of enemies and watch their heads explode and their bodies fall over. That's basically Doom in a nutshell. Mm. Um, is, uh, I like, I think the main thing that, I was going to say, I think the main thing that doesn't appeal to me other than everything. Um, no, that's, cause that's not fair. That's not true at all. Like, the aesthetics are the main thing that don't appeal to me about this game. Um, just the whole like ultra violence, hyper gore thing. It just, I just, okay. Like I understand that's part of the history of this game and the aesthetic that it embraces is this kind of like chaotic, violent joy, but. Uh, so, so for next episode, we're going to be playing agony. <laughs> No. For me, I, mean, I, I agree with, with with Kyla. I didn't like. I don't like the brown. It's not know? brown. It's, it's red. Really not, this yeah. game is really red and orange. Everything is brown. Even the blood is brown. Um, you know? I disagree. Compared compared to a lot of other what I associate with like brown shooters, I think this game actually had a pretty consistent like palette and visual aesthetic. Like they yes, used, it's all brown. No, it's red. It's all shades of red. Some of them are brownish shades of red, but they're all shades of red. Buck, are you colorblind? No. I think <laughs> I think I'm gonna contest the point and say that they're all shades of brown. Some of them are reddish shades of brown. No, because some of them are like pretty bright orange and uh like the any of the stuff that's like outside on Mars um has some like pretty bright orange. The whole hell sequence is kind of a light, you know, like dusky orange. The sky is, but the ground you're walking on is tan. It's brown. I, Every surface in the hellscape is brown. I really, no. I, I defy you to find a non-brown surface in the hellscape. All right, we'll revisit it after this, because I, I legit think you might have, like, the colors wrong on your system. I it, That's entirely possible, especially since uh, I haven't played it with my new monitor. It is absolutely possible that I had saturation issues with the old one. Um but and yeah, but, even like even mm-hmm. colors aside, I did feel that the aesthetics were like pretty well unified. The the monsters all have like a good recognizable silhouette, like you're supposed to when you design characters. Yeah, I only uh, ever had trouble with the Hellraiser. Recognize at a glance, and they're you know they're I don't know they're distinct, but they still feel like part of the same kind of menagerie. And they could eat. They could. Eat. All of them could have their own Iron Maiden cover. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I could see that. They should form a band. Um, yeah, I, their their aesthetic was the same Doom aesthetic that I'm used to. 
uh, it's a little brighter. They use a little more lighting than they did in, in Doom 3. Um, and that's, that's fine. And also the game is, you know, it's faster. Uh, and it's got more blinky lights. And upon reflection, I guess the Argent facilities are a little less brown. They just feel brown to me. I don't know. Maybe it's my eyes. My eyes have the saturation off. <laughs> um, I, I do, um, I do wish that there was in, in, uh, God, Serious Sam of all things, there's this wonderful, um, uh, toggle you could check, which put it in hippie mode, um, which caused enemies, instead of gushing blood, to gush gouts of flowers. Gouts of liquid floral paint, and I kind of wished I could do that in um, in Doom. I wish I could. I just I'd like some. It's not that I, I'm particularly upset or offended by the the gore because it's Doom. Um, I just my I I'd like I'd like some relief from it. Mm-hmm. You know, some some visual variation and an enemy exploding in in like my monitor can display 1.6 million colors. You know, <laughs> why not use them? Yeah, and this is something that, um, this is a criticism that I have. I don't think this is Bethesda's fault, but they tend to publish games where that's the case. Where your eye, where you need eye relief. Because it's all very similar? Yeah, well, kind of, yeah. I guess that's a side effect. I guess that's probably a good thing, though. It means they have a unifying aesthetic. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree that, like, it is often nice if you have, like, you know, a level somewhere in the middle that's got like a really unique aesthetic. And that there were pretty much two, there were only two styles of environment in this. There's like, you know, Mars facility and hell. Uh, and they're both very distinctive, but you know, that's the mm-hmm. whole game. Yeah. It's a little bit unfair. I have like the foundry and uh, yeah, the, the dis- long walking on the, uh, like train station. Yeah, I yeah. think the well, yeah, I guess the train station is one area that's like definitely kind of visually distinct. The the I think in most of the levels it's the level design that really sets it apart, like mm-hmm. the shape of the level, like the foundry is like visually very similar to a lot of other areas in terms of like the texturing that's used and the, you know, types of objects that you see around you, but the space is really interesting because of the way it's shaped and the way you have to move around it. Yeah, pretzels, interestingly. Yeah, or the the tower, which is just purely, well, it's like a busted up bridge and then a purely vertical climb. Yeah. The first person platforming level. Yeah. Yeah. There's some good level design in this game. Mm -hmm. Like, it's pretty solid. Yeah. I don't think there's any bad level design in it, actually. Uh, some Some of the maps, especially like the one that I ended on, I felt like they're a little too big. Like, there's a little too much, like, going way out onto one edge for one little secret and then having to trek all the way back. Um, but, yeah, no, I would say for the most part, it's it's all pretty solid. Yeah, I, I think that um, this it's it's a game that, um, when, when I was going back through it for this, for over the last couple of weeks, um, I'm reminded how my standards have eroded, especially <laughs> in the AAA space. Um I don't know if this came up in the last podcast, but there was this moment when Kyle and I were conversing and I tried to, she said, you know, Doom's a triple A title. And I'm like, no, it's not. And of course it obviously is. It's a totally indefensible position. Um, The reason I said that was because triple A is now an insult. Like I didn't realize that, but I am now used to being abused 
by developers who charge me $60 for a game. I expect some part of the game to be broken or unsatisfactory. Or something that you have to buy separately. Microtransacted. Exactly. I I expect that. Now, in some cases, I forgive that. Like with Warframe, there's no other way to do it, you know. But I realize that that is – I've been ground down by years of really fundamentally poor – um, just bad ethics. Um, it's this like abused partner thing. And I that's think, why my instinct, my glandular response was to deny that Doom is a triple A game. Interesting. Uh, yeah, even though it's, that's ridiculous. I would, I would argue that that's more, more prevalent, uh, on the Western side of triple A. Yeah. For mm-hmm. sure. If, if, I'm sure if I used a console, I wouldn't feel this, I wouldn't feel this mistreated. <laughs> you know, like, cause they don't, it's, yeah. Nintendo doesn't do this to their to their people. Yes, they do. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, really? I, mean, I guess I, I haven't mean, played a lot of Nintendo I mean, lately, but is like is Mario Odyssey like that? I don't know Odyssey, but like uh, I, w- I would say that my problem with Odyssey is that it was uh so much of it just felt like padding, <laughs> like mm. and it was a fun game and I played a whole lot of it, uh but at the end of the day, yeah, I felt like a lot of it was just there for the sake of being there and there for mm. the sake of making like we're going to make this a really big game but then breath of the wild did the same thing and i had a lot more fun with it yeah i'm like carl what, what's your bad experience with nintendo it's more like i have to pay for everything i do if you want to go online you need to oh, pay yeah, if to you pay want to is, uh... oh that's right because their service their online service is subscripted yeah that's that's obnoxious. Although, how, how is it? It's a month. It's like a monthly subscription, right? Yes. Okay. I'd have to look in. I'd have to do a deep dive on what they do for on what you get for that. I didn't. I didn't even think of that. So they do have a thing going now. I think where you can get several months for free if you have a Prime Amazon Prime account. But that's just so they can put. Nice. That's just so they can put the hook in you for, for. I mean, it's it's fine because I already have Amazon Prime and I have really no desire to have online for any Nintendo game. But it's like, yeah, okay, I'll get it, I guess. I'll add that to my account. Why not? Sure, because, yeah. yeah. Except, except they'll charge you for it. A couple months down the line, you'll see it, you'll see it on your on your uh, balance sheet. And it'll, yeah. Well, anyway, it's, yeah. it's nice to, yeah, it's nice to get to a game where, like, the, the, like, obscenely huge amounts of dev money spent on the game were well spent, Right, yeah. like they were spent improving the game and making it the best it could be. Yeah, it's a good game and it's it's very well made and they're proud of it and I only pay for it once. Mm-hmm. And that's that used to be the expectation that that not not so long ago, ten years. That's yeah, that I, I've uh, past me is like yeah, duh. Yeah, <laughs> but that's they, not where we that's not where we are, and um, that really made me think a lot when I had that conversation. Because I was in a, it was in a totally, I was in this totally absurd position of trying to, trying to sell that Doom isn't, isn't in that space, that it's not Premier, you know? And yeah, I, only, yeah, only like the biggest shooter title. <laughs> yeah, the biggest, like ever. Um, I, and I'm wondering like, like where that leaves, that's, oh, it's, it's disturbing to think about it even now, uh, the way it puts things in perspective. Fliffo agrees. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's like, screw EA. Carl, you were gonna say something. Um, thank you, Fugel. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, 
it's like I'm not actually sure if this is what I was supposed to say, but it's really nice to see like that they accept the fact that it is completely ridiculous. Because like oh, do they they both play they play around with the fact that both the player and the devs know that it's Doom. Yeah, 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 no, it does not take itself seriously. For all that it's like, you know, this grim and gritty, ultra-violent marine and stuff, like, they understand it's supposed to be, like, a wacky, joyful experience, and you're here because it's this dumb game about being a space marine on Mars who goes to hell. Like You, you can so- be serious, you can do it seriously, and have that be compelling, as they did in Doom 3, but why? Uh, this is more fun. <laughs> I have issues with Doom 3. I think a lot well, of people have issues was, with Doom 3, but... I was going to bring you back to, actually, the aesthetics, because the fact that it is so wacky kind of makes or all the gore things, it makes it okay for me, because yeah. I don't, I don't think about it, and yeah. it's mm-hmm. and it's pretty beautiful animations. Yeah, and it helps that you're never doing it to people. Yeah. Only to like crazy gross monsters. Yeah. yeah. To crazy gross, you know. Yeah. And I um, I wonder sometimes if that's not a, a subtle point that other developers miss out on. Yeah, I kind of. Yeah, I feel like if you did apply these animations to just straight up regular people, they would be pretty horrifying. Yeah, it would. It would have an effect. Um, I, but as it is, you just think like, oh no, I'm just. You know, I'm, like, punching the goopy flesh monster and ripping out its, like, exploding liver or whatever. <laughs> look, they <Yeah>. started it. <laughs> they yeah. did. They did. And their look of indignity, their look of indignant surprise is is totally deserved. I mean, in this game, did they start it? Yes. Yeah, I mean, the hell portal opened, but they didn't have to come through and... and well, no, I, I mean, but, the humans but they, were, like, mining them. Yeah, I was going to say, the humans went to hell first. Also, they just, they just had demons, like, in containment for study. Yeah, yeah I suppose. So we're really on the wrong team, is what you're saying. <laughs> no, I'm saying you're the doomslayer. You slay dooms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think about it too much. Nope. Yeah, I actually liked that they put some writing in underneath three. I like that they did that, but I guess that's a minority opinion. I mean, it's writing. I enjoy writing in games, but this is not a, the sort of game where I would want to stop and take the time to enjoy the writing. You know yeah, what I mean? You, you really like, don't. You I know, like so. with the, when, when you're talking to Hayden and he's giving you that whole briefing thing. It's like, like oh, shut up. seconds into it, I'm like, shut up. I haven't, I haven't seen a spinal. I haven't seen a compound fracture in 30 <laughs> seconds. You know? I, I will say, I think this game, like, considering what it is, have the right amount of story. I think yeah. it could have been delivered a little better, just like having Hayden pop up or having Vega pop up constantly yeah. over comms. It's just like, okay, please be quiet. Yeah, but, the whole, like, sacrificing Vega was a bit weird. Oh, he said and, his like, last words. Yeah, him I up. didn't get that far. Uh, yeah, I missed that. What happened? His, his last words are, I have many regrets, Dr. Hayden. Um, so Vega is going to sacrifice himself yeah. to open another hell portal. Cause you, Why is that uh, necessary? You, to go uh, kill... Uh, oh yeah, you need to get to the Crucible and kill the final boss. No, like, I, I, I understand like why getting back to hell would be necessary, but why does it require an AI to sacrifice? I don't to, know. 
he has to explode himself. So, so like, okay. but yeah. right right before you do that, you sort of back him. You click a backup button, <sighs> and then it's not known what happens. Oh, that's right. Does does and, is it is does Doctor uh, Hayden not know that you back up Vega? I don't think he does know. I like yeah. it. Anyway, this game ends with a sequel in mind. Yeah. Well, and there is a sequel. Or DLC. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but the sequel's uh, coming out this year, I think. Doom Eternal. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I mean, it's just like that's sort of inevitable. That's like saying that the sun sets with a morning in mind. I yeah. Mean, well, I mean, is this this is it by the same group? It better it's, be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it it's is. by. Hmm. Uh. Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. I think I, I should mention that there's a lot of user-made content in some of it. I poked around with it for a while, and some of it was quite good, to my surprise. There's like uh, there's actually co-op maps if you ever want to try that. <laughs> huh. There's user-made co-op maps, yeah. which are fun, you know. Why not? Well, because I'll never get you to. Well, we have to buy another. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, why not in a theoretical sense, the theoretical. not applying to me specifically. applying to you, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Besides, we need to buy another license of Doom to do that. Yeah, I will say, as as much as I've been talking up this game, I will give a warning for people who get motion sick easily. This game has a very bad habit of wrenching the camera away from you and using it for animations. So, like, every glory kill is an animation where you don't control the camera. And any time you climb a ledge for any reason, which this game is like a good portion platforming, so that's quite often, the game takes the camera away from you to like pull you over the ledge. And that that was like one of the most difficult things for me to get over in terms of like adjusting to this game to be able when, to play it. When Kyla was working for an outfit that was uh, doing VR work, um, she came home with a best practices document uh, and it had a, a whole bunch of words that had just been invented in the last six months to describe the kinds of discomfort that VR can cause. Uh, and the absolute only one that I remember is vection, which is the sensation, uh, which is a distance between the se- inner ear sensation of movement and what your eyes are presented with. It's, and yeah, when can you, give when you, you can... Yeah, it's when you have visual evidence of movement, but not corresponding sensory evidence yeah. of movement. And I, I'm convinced now that part of the process of acclimating to a third-person shooter is when you move the camera, your brain knows to switch off the check for inner for corresponding inner activity, so you don't become motion sick instantly. But when the camera control is wrested away from you, that doesn't happen, uh, and it's tough. It's I'm pretty well adjusted to it. There's some other I don't remember what it is. I used to man, there's some other game that I mantled in a lot that I had this problem with for a while, and then it went away. Um, but it's a hard drop for anyone that's coming at it new. Yeah, I uh, yeah. So it's. It, as I say, it took me about a week of playing no more than half an hour at a time before I adjusted well enough to it that I could I could play for up to like an hour and a half without problems. I will say that they don't do the other thing that throws that that's bad on Kyla, which is Dutch angles, which are um, non uh, non angles that are not either perpendicular to or parallel to the horizon. They don't do that to you very much. Yeah. So. Things things that twist it so that the ground is like um, yeah. diagonal, basically. It's surprisingly discomforting. Yeah, there's a section in the beginning of Borderlands that we have Ugh. to like hurry through every time because it's just got so many like 
angled ground it's thing that you, have to, it's one that you have to walk across that like i'm yeah. like Ugh, just can we get past this part please yeah. um but yeah also on the subject of like movement i guess um some damn fine uh design slash tuning on dim rocket boots and the double jump mm-hmm. like that feels real satisfying to yeah. like jump across the gap and do the little floaty double jump in the middle yeah it feels nice but it's not too much takes yeah. me back to the uh to the unreal double jump where they nailed it yeah it's a good double jump i approve I, of that double jump i i concur i endorse this double jump co-signed this double jump <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's it's it'll, it can get alone now. With the um, air control rune, it's really nice. I don't know that that I never felt that that made much difference. But then again, I never upgraded it either. So I was gonna say I don't think I upgraded that because the requirement is that you get twenty five death from above glory kills, and I can't even get fucking one death from above glory kill. I did and die a you, lot. You just have to jump lot. before you. I, I know you just have to jump. I can't <laughs> fucking do it. Yeah, I, I, I think I had a, some advantage. I never got the last unlock on that rune, but I think I had some advantage from playing Blood Dragon, where that's like my primary... Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, where that's my primary attack mode, is run close to an enemy and jump and trigger the automatic death from above attack. I haven't played Blood Dragon, and I keep thinking I need to. Oh, it's it's too sweet. It's, um, it's a smaller... That's not a, what that means. That's, that's not. But it's yeah. like... Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's totes sweet. Okay. It's, yeah. Although you do have to play it totes sweet a lot because you have to be quick. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, it's harsh. Like it's it would wreck Kyla's uh, motion sickness because it's neon. Yeah. The whole game is in is in ultra high contrast neon, but it's fun and it's funny, and it it's another game that doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah, it's, I I like that. I don't know. I just like that that and like what Far Cry Primal. Where you're just like, where there's like dinosaurs and saber tooth cats and shit. Uh, I like that. Okay, those I never exist. played Primal. I didn't yeah. play Primal, but I know about it. I, I I'm just glad that those exist, like conceptually. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I want to play Horizon because I, I like fighting robots and I think fighting dinosaurs is interesting, but I don't get to do it in nearly enough games. And hey, robot dinosaurs. True. Let's rock, you know. But what we really need is for somebody to bring back Power World. Well, someday. Paraworld is a is a an old RTS that Huck and I uh, Love, have, ex- have explored that where like all the factions are dinosaur based. No, uh, the only one, but um, well, there two, two of them are. One of them's like ancient giant mammals, but at any rate, you could do things like um, you know like have pterodactyl guided missiles and like uh, catapults that launch velociraptors. At no, the, so when my I'm home moment was. When I was allowed to have an ankylosaur with a catapult attached to it that fires velociraptors, I'm looking I'm at like, screenshots of this game and it looks amazing. I would, I, it is, it is, it's, it needed at least six months, probably a year, in development because it is buggy as hell. It's it's pretty buggy. But, it's it's actually yeah. like the bugginess isn't the worst problem. The worst problem is balance. Um, yeah. They clearly like. Did have not have time teams. to finish balancing it. So, like, yeah. the the three different factions, there's, like, very clearly a best faction and very clearly a worst faction. So the problem is, Kelso, I would hardly endorse it, but you can't play it. That's, I mean, that's fine. I'm not really into RTS games uh, you, this in would, 
this is a good one for, for well, it's got some of the best ideas from different RTSs. That was clearly one of their design goals, was to unify the bridge between like StarCraft and uh, uh, Ages of Empires. But it, it's it's just it's well it's ambitious, but the problem is it can't I cannot make it work and I've tried I cannot make it work in 64 bit. Yeah, that's unfortunately common with with games of a certain age, <sighs> and games of a certain bugitude. And this game is buggy as hell. Yeah. Um, I, if I ever figure out a way to do it, I'm I'll, I'll pass it around because it's fun. It's I'm surprised. It's, it's dope fun to have a a Seismosaurus or sorry a, bron- a Brachiosaurus. That has a barracks on its back. I'm surprised that that has not gotten a GOG release because usually those are a lot more. Playable. I'll check it. It doesn't. I'll check I just it. looked. Yeah, I, no, I keep checking every like six months. I come back to it and I'm like, GOG, uh, Paraworld? And there's a there's a a thread on their form. At least there was last I looked. I think for can we have Paraworld on GOG? But I think there's a licensing. I think there's uh, licensing probably. issues. Yeah. Paraworld is essentially abandonware, and I suspect that somebody's in bankruptcy. Yeah. In in custody, and that means that you couldn't like, you couldn't God release it, and that hurts because I can't emulate. Like, there must be some. I talked to Sean about this. There must be some combination of software that I can use to do it. Um, but it's hard. It's it was designed for XP in '98, and it's not like it's there's there's absolutely no effort been made to port it for for 64 bit. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> anything Sorry. else we have left to say about Doom? <laughs> I mean, is there is there much worth saying about like enemy types? Do we want to get into that? We could uh, talk about the rune trials a little bit. I think the rune trials were interesting in that uh, I bet I bet all the rune trials like everybody has the rune trial that's like they thought was really easy and the rune trial that they thought was like punishingly difficult, but I bet it's kind of different for every person because it's very, very much like show that you are great at this one very specific skill that we've asked you to master. Yeah. I'll admit I, I didn't do a whole lot of them just because I don't know. I didn't care. Like the runes are cool, but I didn't, care that much i guess and they're they're all they're all mostly like really tight time pressure which is yeah. like just kind of stress nervous yeah nerves inducing and it's like you have three seconds to do this thing and for every enemy you kill you'll get an additional two seconds and like the but the uh the, the full thing takes about 30 seconds and it's like well god damn it yeah. Guess I'm going to be hearing that timer like near the end of its tick down for the, the next time. 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It 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 puts that stress on you. Uh, but it's best one of them, if, you, if you if you get to one that is like your skill, it feels real good when you just like breeze through it and you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> piece of cake. I can do that easy. <laughs> uh, Carl, did you get all the runes? Yeah. Okay. Figured. Do you have Do you have any particular one that you felt was like? Way too hard or way too easy? Um, I don't know. I don't really remember them that much. So yeah, they couldn't have been that. They couldn't have been that hard. <laughs> I had a frustrating one where you have to kill everybody with the regular shotgun, um, but you're at one health, and every enemy you kill drops armor. So it's about like staying armored long enough to take down all of the enemies. That one I thought was really hard. 
Mm. On the other hand, I had a really easy time with the one where it's like kill enemies with exploding barrels. Yeah. Uh, that or, one was fun. Yeah, that one was pretty fun. Um, there was uh, there was one towards the beginning. It's that, when you had to race. That's pretty fun. Yeah, there's a couple where you have to like get down to the end of a corridor before time gets out, runs down. What was the one? babe where you said like you ran around a bunch and i just like stayed in one spot and yeah that was one of the earlier ones that was one of the the my problem was that i ran all over the place looking for enemies and you just sort of hung out and waited for motion to show up to for motion to catch your eye and then you just shot them yeah Um, i think that was also involving like exploding barrels somehow but maybe not well no that was before that was before you did exploding barrels kyla has a hard time spotting the non-hell barrels yeah, the hell barrels easy because they're like these big wicker, like baskets of fire, yeah. basically. But like the they're in the in the normal place, they're uh, on Mars. They are red canisters, uh, as differentiated from the reflective metal gray canisters in red light, which is an entirely like different thing. Yeah, which I, I had not. The, I had the one. opposite problem. I yeah. didn't notice the one in hell. Huh. They look so much like aesthetics. Yeah, Carl, I had that problem too. It took yeah, me a while to figure like out that they were explosives. Um, I probably but, wouldn't have figured it out if it were not for the rune trial that specifically yeah, but, like tells you to shoot the explosive barrels, and then they just have the hell ones. Kyla has weird had weird eye training abilities. Like she can't pick out. She doesn't notice squad damages. Oh, the big purple. Yeah, they're the, the only thing. Power-up. They're the only thing within, you know. Three million angstroms of that color in the entire game, and she just sweep right by him. I was usually focused on the things trying to kill me at the time. Yeah, to be I, I had a legit. problem of not noticing the power-ups until I was either finished or very close to being finished with uh-huh. with the fight. Same. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I had them up too early or too late. Yeah, it's it's you dread to do so. The only I, I had that problem going through the game, except with the green and you know the. Uh, the what's in the face the the quad damage quad damage i know yeah yeah i think the the part of the problem was that uh a lot of them were placed with the clear intent that you would find them as you were like ducking and weaving around the level but i tended to duck and weave in a very small physical space usually right near the entrance to whatever the space was yeah and so then i would go like then i'd kill everything and then i'd walk around the level and i'd turn a corner and there would be a power up and i'm like well that would have been nice to know was there so that that was her experience but i watched and like every time there's a quad damage it was i counted Okay, it was in frame yes. for like ninety percent of the fight. I did it's, miss. I did miss yeah. that one very obvious quad damage. No, you did, I, it, I you did it three times that. that I saw. But like, I I will maintain that most of the power ups I missed like were yeah. not in frame at the time. Well, I mean, how would you know? <laughs> well, because they were like literally around and down a corridor that I didn't go into until well, after the that, fight. That happened. That happened with me too. It's a, it's a tough. It's tough to place them such that you encounter them like it, it's it's like Carl says, it's either too early or too late. And it's hard to overcome the desire to not use them to save them. Well, it would be f- it's fine if like, well, if I said I feel like if I saw them early, I tended to like, OK, I'm just going to pop the big like hell spawn bubble thing so that everything will attack me and then I'll go pick up the power up. But you the mean problem the is- 
Yes. The problem is usually I didn't. Uh, it's a hell bubble. I mean, yeah. that's basically it's a hell bubble with a switch that involves like smooshing a gooey part. Um, Makes me think of acid reflux. <laughs> you're causing you're causing hell acid reflux. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's appropriate. Okay, I think I've said pretty much everything I have to say about Doom. I'll probably think of more things later, but it's a good game. Yeah. It's very solid. I don't I don't really feel the need to like finish it or go through and play it again, although I probably will watch the boss fights on like YouTube or something just to see what what it was that I missed, but mm-hmm. It's weird that the game had no bosses for like the whole game despite a very clear level-based structure. Uh, and then just two bosses at the very end. Toward the end, yeah. And that, that, but that's that's how many that's, bosses are there? Are there two, three? There's two. There's the cyber demon. Well, I don't know. Maybe there's a third that I haven't thought of. Well, but I think I, I can think of three. Oh yeah. Okay. So the cyber demon, the spider mastermind, and who else? Uh, the the one guy that turns into two guys. Well, it it's actually three. Oh, I forgot. I completely forgot about him. Yeah, the guy, the guardian. Yeah. Mm. Did I get to that? No, no, that's, that. that comes later. Yeah, it's the it's their update on the Guardian fight, which is one of my favorite encounters in in video game history. The Guardian fight in Doom Three, um, mostly because I I think the Soul Cube is just the coolest character ever. But, but it's it's yeah. weird that all of them are at the very end yeah, of the game. All, like I played eleven hours of this game and got zero boss fights. I'm I I I, I completely forgot about that guy, the doubling guy. He's kind of interesting. But they're all kind of the same boss fight. They're all you're in a big open place and you gotta fight the boss. <laughs> you know, it's like I mean, yep. It's not it's not clever like that, and that's that's a uh, that's where, where their their objective of always being fun and pulling the player towards it, um, where you have to you have to do trade offs like that. So they can't do something interesting like the guardian fight in Doom Three. Um, they just have a, a Doom boss fight, but that's you know that's natural to the original. Did you just, Doom. Did you just- imply that that fight is not fun mm, no it, they're all fun they're probably more fun but less interesting okay no no i mean uh, uh, the the guardian fight did you imply that your original guardian fight was not fun oh and, and that's Doom why 3? i can't and yeah and that's why no, i can't be fun. in this game it's it's fun and interesting uh it's just it's just a little different it's just not as it's not as relentless and mindless mm-hmm. um but mostly i like it because it's got there's a character in it that is just I just, I really, I don't know why, but the Soul Cube is really compelling to me. Okay. Last call. Other Doom thoughts? Nope. All right. So that's Doom. Beware, you know, if you get first-person motion sickness, but if you're a sort of person who likes twitchy action shooters, you could do a lot worse. You don't get, you don't get much better than Doom, so try it. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, Kelso, what are we playing next? Oh, am I introing it? No, sorry, Carl is oh, introing. Okay. Carl, what are we playing? Hello. Isn't this an outro? <laughs> well, no, we got to intro this game. Oh, okay. So, the next game we're going to be playing is Black Closet by Hanako Games. Did Long League the Queen. Yeah, which we played a long time ago. Yeah, it was released 2015. But when did we play Long Live the Queen? Oh, I remember Long Live the Queen. We might. I, I think, think we started the podcast in 2015, so we might have. We must have played it in 2015 or like 2016. 
Yeah, it was like the yeah. third game you played or something. No, it was like the 15th game we played or something. But it was, it was, yeah, it was definitely like within that first year. <laughs> what am I even? Um, I tried to search it on, uh, on Google and typed long live the kings <laughs> for some reason. It was the fifth game we played. Okay. Okay. So, so. I don't know, that might have still been 2015. I'm not sure. Can, continue your intro though. I'm, I'm, I'm getting to know. It's pretty much Long Live the Queen, but with procedurally generated mysteries and dating sim elements. Okay. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. That's... Dating sim elements. There we go. I have a tough time remembering what the the uh, address of our SoundCloud was. But for oh. the record, it's soundcloud.com slash feedback dash force. Yeah. In case, in case uh, you're lost listening to this, you don't, you don't know where <laughs> you are. You could be on iTunes. That's true. Mm-hmm. If you're, in case you're on iTunes, but you're like, dang, I really wish this was on SoundCloud instead. Good news. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I guess you're right. It was only episode five. That is, that was real early. <laughs> well, I guess technically episode six, since we did do an episode zero. Yeah, but that was that's that we didn't a play game. a game. We didn't play a game for that episode, so yeah. it's the fifth game we played. <laughs> oh my gosh, the cat! Yes, yes. Fliffo is excited about Black Closet because we we had a lot of fun with Long Live the Queen. Yeah. We enjoyed the heck out of that game. So we'll see. Hopefully, Black Closet will also be good. Yeah. Um, I am looking forward to solving some procedural mysteries with an uh, shadowy student council which I believe is the, the protagonists slash antagonists of the I'm game. I'm looking forward to figuring out what the black closet actually is. It's the antagonists. <laughs> yes. They're the antagonists. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So there, I know the, I know a shadowy student council is involved in some way. Yeah. Um, I believe Sanbo did play this on stream briefly, like with a friend who was also like on stream at the time. And they were kind of like, discussing it, but I don't think they got very far in it, from what I remember. I feel like and I remember. Was, yeah, I feel that. like that was like a one-off. Yeah. So, I do remember that happening, though. It feels so weird, because I play this game, and I remember nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Not a great endorsement, but we'll see. I enjoyed it. <laughs> you just have Positive. no memory. Well, you remembered, you remembered something, I guess, that you enjoyed it. So that's that's all we need, I guess. All right, so we'll be playing that for the next couple of weeks. Um, if anyone would like to play it with us, uh, or if you have already played it and have very strong feelings about it and want to discuss it, uh, come be a guest on our podcast next week. Uh, it's not that hard to do. You just have to play the game and then, uh, like, have Skype and talk to us. Uh, Kelso, where, who should they talk to if they want to be a guest? Hello, you can, you can find me on Twitter, uh, at Kelso Timebomb. You can also, uh, hit up the official podcast account, uh, at Feedback Force. That's also just me, but I pretend to be the, the royal we. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can, you can do either of those. I'm gonna log in and shit post. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. I am, I, do, you, I, do you have the login? I don't think I even have the login. I think I do. I don't remember. 
if if you guys have that thought. Or is it just iTunes? What's Twitter? You have a Twitter account. You got a Twitter account for that brief period where you streamed for like two weeks. Yeah, it's, it was a lot longer than two weeks. Um, you mean you mean the 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 like four month streaming stint that I did? Yeah. Um, and that I, I want to return to, um, but not not for a little while yet. Uh, I think I'm going to get back to it. I think I'm going to actually play through. Um, shameless plug here. I'm going to actually go through uh, Spec Ops the line. This is literally the shameless plug section yeah, of the podcast. Yeah, plug. So, so actually, like, give your Twitch and uh, my Twitch handle. It's it's the same as it's the same as my handle for everything else. It's Jester. That's J E S T I R two five six, and that's my Twitch. Um, and I played a couple of games on Twitch more than will appear on the vods because I didn't cap, I didn't uh, um, I didn't cement all of the vods, uh, and we'll play again uh, probably in probably later on in the summer. Uh, depending on how things go. All right, cool. Um, you can. Kelsa, did you say what your uh, what the Twitter was for the yes. podcast? Yes, you did. it's okay. at Feedback Force. Okay. Um, yes, you can contact uh, me via Twitter if you would like to. I am at Kyla underscore go. Uh, you can also follow the game that I'm working on, Wintermore Tactics Club, uh, at Wintermore TC. Uh, for more info about that, it's coming along. I'm very excited. We're writing, we're like just coming to the end of the first draft of the last chapter of the game. So then it's, we're going to have like the whole game written and then we're just doing like polish and revisions and stuff and it's very exciting. Nice. Okay. And you can follow me on Twitter at Skag3. And I might have a game coming up soon. Well, not a game, but working on stuff. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's exciting. Is like. it something? Is it something we could play on the podcast? No. Oh. Well, <laughs> I mean, we just started working on it. <laughs> I don't mean like play on the podcast now. I mean like theoretically in the future, play on the podcast. Yeah, if it happens. All right. Very cool. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you have two weeks. Play some games. Talk to us. We'll and see you uh, yeah, we'll see you in a in those couple of weeks. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Oh yeah, and oh, uh, and uh, not like, rate, rate us on iTunes. Rate, oh, yeah. rate us on iTunes. So yeah, you can do that. It's it's good for our podcast if you leave us comments and feedback and things. Yes. Do it. I was forget about that. I'm so bad at this marketing bullshit. (laughs) Podcasts. We've been doing, it's not like we've been doing this for like three years. Uh, Four. Yeah, we're coming up on four. (laughs) Okay. There you go. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.